Hey, welcome to episode 129 of the Collector's Quest podcast. It's September 2019, it's been 20 years since the launch of the Dreamcast, so we figure it's a good time to do a So You Want to Collect the Dreamcast episode. Dreamcast is a super popular console, but it's also got this really small library that just doesn't have a lot of nuance, but at least we have Mr. Johnny Ayuchi, who does know a lot about weird Dreamcast variants and stuff, so there is some information in here. As always, go to iTunes, go to Podbean, go to... Are we on Podbean? Go to places and review us. And tell your mom about the show. Shout out to my mom who listens to the show. Uh, If everybody's mom listened to the show, it would double our audience overnight. So I'm just saying. Also, this is for Johnny. It's related to the show. And so. It's here and I like it. Woo! (laughs) Big Will. Uh, KC, y'all. Bringing it down. What? Say what, what, what? Say what, what? And do what with it? <laughs> Here it comes, the party of a lifetime, 31st of December. Man, I remember when the ball dropped for 90, and now it's 99. 10 years behind me, what's gonna happen? Don't nobody know, we'll see when the clock hits the 12.00. Chaos, the cops gonna block the street. Man, who the hell cares? Don't stop the beat. No hey, welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Johnny, here with Stefan. What is going on, guys? Not much, how's it going, Tyler? I'm real excited for this episode. Uh, I'm going to keep my energy super high the entire time. Yeah, you are. Oh, yeah. Woo! Woo! Yeah, guys, how much do you like the Dreamcast? I love the Dreamcast. I don't. It's a console I have. Okay. All right. The thing that bothers me about Tyler not liking this console is that there's like every reason why he should because he every time we talk about the Saturn he does nothing but like dump garbage all over it especially their arcade ports and like Dreamcast legitimately fixed a lot of that, right? Like the arcade ports on the Dreamcast are amazing and so but then Tyler still doesn't like it. So I I just don't know how to please this man. Yeah, the other thing that's weird is he loves the Saturn, but he hates everything about it. <laughs> that's 100% true. I think the Saturn has has really good 2D shooters though. I don't like so I don't like uh 2D shooters with like 3D graphics in the background. And there are like exceptions like I love Ikaruga, but um like Gigawing 2 and, and all that kind of stuff. A lot of the Dreamcast games have that kind of style and it's just not my thing. And fighting games aren't my thing, and there's a lot of fighting game ports. The thing I like about video games, I say this all the time, I like to collect a console that has its own personality, and Dreamcast's personality is a place to play games that you can play in other places. It's like the Nintendo Switch of 1999. It's got arcade ports, and everything else that it had that was exclusive is on the GameCube Xbox and has been ported to a million other things now. So did you just shit on the Switch and the Dreamcast all at the same time? Yeah, wow. it was a beautiful sentence. I loved it. Wait, Johnny, why don't you like it? I thought this was going to be an, one of my favorite moments where we get to like team up on Tyler. How come this is uh, this came out of the blue? I did not expect you to not love the Dreamcast. I don't love it at all. Um, I, I find it to be incredibly underwhelming. I think the controller is actively bad. Okay, the I, controller's done here. Maybe the I, worst uh, controller ever. Uh, I mean, it's up there with the I, N64 I, controller. There's like the I, CD32. Another, there's like much worse controllers. I mean, like as far as consoles I've actually played. Um, and uh, well, I've actually played the C32, and that's garbage. But I 
kind of ty- like side with Tyler on the personality thing. But also, there wasn't a lot of great RPGs. There's a few. Everyone always likes to jump on me. Like, well, have you played Skies of Arcadia? Fantasy Star Bro? Brandia 2. It's one Fantasy of the best Star- games ever. Guys, Shenmue. And look, I know everyone loves Shenmue. Everyone's on the Shenmue train right now. Especially with Part 3 coming out. I found it really boring. Super duper boring. I like fantasy RPG, not fantasy star online RPG. <laughs> I mean, I want dragons and swords and shields and, and magic potions and things like that. I, just, you know, like, eh, like the fighters, shooters are okay. Like, I don't hate the Dreamcast. Or, it's just my least favorite Sega console. Huh. I mean, except for like the Pico, but... That's I don't really count the Pico. Stefan oh, does, and we know about, that. What about Game Gear? You like Game Gear better? Yeah, okay. absolutely. But wait, 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 wait. Oh. we all know that you don't like handhelds, but you like collecting for handhelds. So do you like you just like collecting for? There is Game a Gear shining. Better? There's multiple shining forces on the Game Gear. That's fair. So I look at Game Gear and I feel something. I look at Game Gear and I'm like, oh man, this is the disappointment of my childhood. I look at Dreamcast and I just feel nothing personally. And then I'm like, why do people like this so much? Is it, it's just because it's an underdog, right? That It's got good games, but oh my God, it's just this underdog console. Also, another reason that I, I kind of irrationally hate it is to me, it's kind of the death of Yu Suzuki. Not only did it have... Uh, the fourth home Sega port of Daytona USA, which again, for the fourth time, was messed up and not even close to arcade perfect. It's like a different game almost. Uh, and the, uh, Xbox 360, they fixed that. Then they made Yu Suzuki make Shenmue, the man who has made Virtual Cop, Daytona, uh, Daytona 2, Outrigger, the Ferrari game, all these freaking super fast racing action and shooting games. And they put him on Shenmue, and then his life. Uh, why would they put Yu Suzuki on Shenmue? It makes no sense. Is it was this Yu Suzuki's passion? Because I don't know anything about Shenmue. Was he just like ready to retire? He's like, I lived so fast. I was Sonic my whole life. It's time to retire and make Shenmue a game about walking around and waiting in real time. Yeah, it's the uh, autobiographical RPG of Yu Suzuki. You didn't know? No, I, I don't didn't. know. I'm, I'm making that up. I you could whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've not so, played a lot of Shenmue. I, I think we failed to introduce this episode. Except, <laughs> what <are we> do- <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, what, Normally, we'd be maybe, talking about nonsense up until this point. So. Yeah, we we kind of got on point a little quick. But let's let's say so. You want to collect for Dreamcast? Dreamcast. Hey, it's your twentieth anniversary. I don't hate you, but I think you're pretty meh. Tyler actively dislikes you, but Stefan loves you. So we're here to talk about you and celebrate you today, Dreamcast. Yeah. This is all like about you. It's a podcast. Of, it's a So You Collect podcast with two guys who don't want to collect. But I have a full set. Well, yeah, but you do that. That's your thing. You're really like, <laughs> you're like, oh my God, the Wii makes me want to tear my eyeballs out. And you're like 100 away from the set. I'm a full Dreamcast <laughs> set away from the Wii set. Okay. So that's different. <laughs> Dreamcast is an important marker point to me because it's the first console that I don't collect. It's just like, nope, I'm done. This is it. I have 26 Dreamcast games and I'll buy anything. Like you could buy like probably half the Dreamcast library for like $1,000 will get you like 100 Dreamcast games. But it just doesn't interest me. 
I, I mean, I think the Dreamcast is interesting to collect for. There, there's some stuff. It's also has it has the distinction of being the last Sega console, which I think is cool. I like Sega consoles. I like Sega in general. So it's not like I hate to collect it. It's just like Dreamcast was still like when I was actively playing a lot of games that came out and I was like in the Air Force and I just couldn't make myself care about it. And even like when I look at the launch title, it actually has a list of like really good launch titles, which we'll go over. And I still just couldn't make myself care about it. I also like it from a collection standpoint because it's so attainable. Like it's 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 a fairly large library, and yet on average, it's generally still pretty inexpensive. Like I was looking at the yeah, game value now, and there's like a hundred a hundred games under ten dollars, which is crazy because it's like what was it? it's like two two forty six two forty seven right Johnny for the whole set. Yep. So almost half the library is under ten dollars. That's banana pants. Um, and, and even like the high end stuff, it's like you're paying for the crazy ass stadium events of Dreamcast. You're looking at, you know, $250, which is not too shabby. Nope. Not at all. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, good reasons to collect for this system, you know, but, uh, it, it's just like, as far as gameplay, like strictly gameplay, I remember when I was coming at this, I was playing mainly RPGs and it just did not deliver to me on that front. And like the Sonic Adventure games, they were like fine, but they weren't they weren't really my calling. And I didn't love like I like shooters more now, like shmups more now than I did then. And fighting games are just okay. They're like whatever. You can play them everywhere on every system. So I think one of the sort of the magical, if you will, points of this console for me is that for me, because I didn't have a whole lot of visibility on the Neo Geo, like I knew it was out there, but like arcade perfect consoles at home really was not something that had been attained to me yet. Um, and the Dreamcast, I think it was, honestly, I think it was Soul Calibur, where I looked at Soul Calibur and I was like, holy shit, we are here. Like we, you know, it's, it's net, we're now at the point where home console is hitting the same benchmarks as... Uh, as the arcade and and so from that was that game and i don't even really you know i didn't even really play a ton of it but that was like that was the system seller for me that's why i bought a dreamcast is soul caliber yeah and that's like a perfectly valid and good reason that's i'm not i'm not telling anyone they're wrong for liking the dreamcast or wanting to play a bunch of dreamcast you guys you go do what you want it just wasn't for me. It just didn't speak to me as a home console. So it's not like I don't actively hate it. I'm just pretty blah on it. But it does like from a gameplay standpoint, not from a collecting standpoint. I think it's interesting to collect for a lot of the reasons you brought up. I agree with. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to sit here and dissect why Tyler is, you know, overboard in his hate for it and why <laughs> I'm not quite enough in being underwhelmed for it. And no, maybe want, you're a little too much. I just wanted like, to round out the uh, intro. Yeah. So I, <laughs> right, I, I well, think let me just clarify to everyone listening. Uh, I my kind of uh, I feel nothing for the Dreamcast, and I always joke about how much I hate it. As a result, uh, I have like real hate for the Game Gear, but the Dreamcast I just don't care about, and all that hate is a joke. So don't hate me for hating the Dreamcast because I just don't care. Besides, there's so many other reasons to hate you. Yes, <laughs> which we'll get into later in this episode. Especially if yes. you're the secret video game Shadow Illuminati. That's me. I got another. <laughs> I got more messages on Instagram about that recently. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you'll have to share those. All right. So 
we have a format that we do for uh, the So You Want to Collect. Um, I'm going to add one thing at the end. So let's make sure, guys, that we talk about it. Do we think that this is a console for investors? Because there is now this uh, market which comes in and, uh, you know, they're investing in games. So let's talk about, I mean, we will talk specific points that might interest interest those people. But uh, let's say in general how we feel about that. We don't need to do it now, Tower. Settle down. Um, I, I can feel you over there. Let's just make sure we hit that point. And also for everyone who's like investors, we're collectors. I didn't say you weren't collectors. I'm just classifying what realm I put you in. I got a little bucket for you, and it's all under the great global header of collector. So I even put gamers in that little umbrella, just like where you fall on the spectrum of how much you collect and, and your reasoning. But also, we're all collectors to a point. I also kind of wanted to mention, as I'm looking through our notes, one thing that I think we are sorely lacking on is our um, knowledge of VMUs. And I, I just wanted to acknowledge there's definitely people out there who are like crazy about the VMUs and there are crazy VMUs, you know, like rare VMUs out there. But I don't feel like we know a terrible amount about them. And that is a deep, deep hole. Uh, so I just wanted to mention that, you know, acknowledge is it the a fact deep that hole? I think there is, man. I think there's some collectors, that, you know, some collectible like, VMUs. But in America, because that's the other thing. We're focused on North America. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just looked at this and I'm like, man, we're just, we got. We got nothing on VMUs. Oh, yeah. No, we we are, like, lacking on the VMUs and, like, console variants, too, but there just wasn't that much in North America. Yeah. There's a couple different controller colors. There's, like, two consoles, a couple different boxes, but overall, like, the Dreamcast wasn't around very long. Sure. So I think that's a good place for us to start. Hey, Tyler, why don't you uh, get into that? Like, when did it come out? What is it and stuff? Let's, Let's go through that. Uh, so three things came out on nine nine ninety nine. Very easy to remember date. Uh, those were the Sega Dreamcast. Uh, apparently, Final Fantasy VIII is what, what, what? Stefan just said, and Will Two K, the hit single by Will Smith, uh, otherwise known as Willennium. Uh, out of those three, clearly Dreamcast is the worst, and Will Two K is the best. One of my favorite Will Smith songs. I could sing it all the way through with all the woos and ha-has. And uh, so, you know, we should actually just talk about Will 2K. It was, uh, it was influential in, the, in the, I, the pop genre. This, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> Big Will. Oh, uh, KC, y'all. Bringing it down. What? Now I, now I know what we're going to make him do at the wedding. I, I, <laughs> I think we just found our intro music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> are, are you serious? Can you oh, really sing that? A hundred percent. I love Willennium. I've listened. I listened to it like back to back five times in a row. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> this is your life. Is this like this is? You're not trolling us. You love Willennium. Oh, Will! It's the best Will Smith song. It's better than Wild Wild West. It's better than getting jiggy with it. It's the best. You could play it every New Year. It's a holiday song, even though you know it doesn't really it doesn't matter. It's it's not the year 2000 anymore, but still counting down. This is real. Oh, this is real. I do enjoy the moments when Tyler occasionally reminds us that he's not actually like 98 years old. Yeah. Here it comes, <laughs> the party of a lifetime, 31st of December. Man, I remember when the ball dropped for 90, okay, and that okay, was 99. Right, no, no, okay. no, don't stop me. Right, no, oh, God. Don't stop him. <laughs> Let him keep going. I don't care how many viewers we lose. This is for me at this point. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's 99.99, everybody. Holy crap. 
crap. I don't I don't know if I can continue with the show. <laughs> this is derailing really, just I was, how I hoped. I was really I, excited about our Final Fantasy VIII reference, and now I'm less excited. Oh my god, please tell me that you're gonna play this song at your wedding somewhere. I, I'm I'm fairly certain it's on the list. I don't know how DJs work. Like a DJ feels out the room to see what people want, you and I would be him. the only person in the room who wants that. I oh no, that, yeah, Tyler! Okay. No, no, I no, will th- definitely want that now. And that is also less true about wedding DJs. Wedding DJs are there to please the bride and groom, just like every other single person you are paying to be there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, th- that's this year day. Look forward well, to my it, wedding, it guys. Day. Get ready to dance to Willennium on February I, 29th. And, I am and if it's so not on the ready. list, you now have two people in attendance at the wedding who will absolutely request it. Absolutely. All right. All right. This is wow. Okay. Sorry for the derail, guys, but that was amazing <laughs> news. There, I did our- not. There's I did not our, expect this to happen. Yeah, I just need our, you guys to know. Um, so the reason I know that Willennium came out on nine nine ninety nine is on my personal Google Calendar. I have a recurring thing every year to remind me that it's the anniversary of Willennium. Is Willennium your favorite CD? Wow. No, it's my favorite Will Smith CD, but it's it's not my favorite CD. It's What's probably some favorite? Offspring CD or some Iron Maiden CD. Oh wow, the Offspring is also terrible. All right. Um, <laughs> But you are pretty fly for a white guy, Tyler. So uh, I guess you can continue now with uh, it after some more info uh, besides it coming out on nine nine nineteen ninety nine. That's all I know about the Dreamcast. They well, they probably was, uh, didn't. They probably announced it ahead of time. Well, they did because it was nine nine ninety nine, right? Unlike yeah. the Sega Saturn, which they just dumped on everyone, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" It was one hundred ninety nine dollars. And that's what yeah. I know about the Dreamcast launch. Which is also cool, because it like pairs up with their 999 theme. How? If it was 299 it would pair up with the I still don't get it. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's just go ahead and move on. Okay. Okay. The genuine. genuine, (laughs) So let's kind of let's we have a list. Let's go through the format. Let's follow. Let's follow the notes, guys. Let's get back on track. Okay. How many games? There are 247 licensed games. And by that, I mean strictly games. So if you're counting web browsers, I am not. There are three additional. Go ahead and jump your number up to 250 if you must. So um, I must. Sure. Um, that's cool. Games that are on the edge. Uh, is there anything, Stefan, you can tell us. Is there anything on the edge like competition carts or the max carts? And uh, we we have some listed there. So once you yeah, so kinda... like the there's the the Bleemcast discs, which are sort of sort of like I don't know what um, they were discs that allowed you to play PS one games on the Dreamcast, um, and there were specific releases for that. So like Bleemcast for Metal Gear Solid. I think there was also a generic one. I think, um, but they are third party third party publications. So I think little to. No people are going to pressure you into adding this to your set if you don't want to. Um, Do you know how many people were involved with Bleemcast? Because I actually have seen it referred to as homebrew. And I'm like, Bleemcast doesn't seem like homebrew. It seems just like 
you know, an unlicensed release for this. I mean, I know there was a, there's a sordid, sordid history with, uh, Bleemcast and like, you know, court cases and stuff around it, but well, I they don't... won their court case though, right? Yes. Yeah. So, all right. So it can't just be one dude. Cause one dude would have just been like, okay, Sega, I'll stop making my discs. Okay. So why don't you talk, uh, do you know more about that court case? Do you want to tell us a little? I don't. The outcome nope. Of... We'll cut that out. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Sounded like cut Tyler that. was going to go for it and then didn't. But, uh, and as Tyler meant, Tyler can probably talk a little bit about the homebrew if he wants to later, but there is a significant homebrew community on the Dreamcast. Um, One thing that I don't know that it needed to be here, but Tyler did write for me that uh, the Fantasy Star Online has two versions, uh, version one and version two, that are two different games, or two different releases. Um, The one thing that I did want to talk, talk about that's sort of on the edge, and really it's not um is that half-life was basically completed for the dreamcast but it never shipped however it is everywhere out there and the releases look super legitimate because copyright protection is really gnarly on the dreamcast in that it barely exists so the reproductions are really high quality and will play without any you know any boot discs or anything like that uh and there was material it got real real close to uh the final version that got released so there is a retail brady guide that you can actually buy that is a legitimate printed book uh there is advertisements i have a poster in here for half-life on the dreamcast um from a from an electronics boutique so there is a accoutrement around half-life for the dreamcast so i think a lot of people or some people do get confused thinking that it is this mysterious you know kind of released game it was not released it is definitely um not really a homebrew but just a release of an of an unfinished game i know i'm not sure if there's a a version that finishes it but i know the the straight from the developer one of the big issues is that there's a giant memory leak in the game so as you continue to play the save file gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and it will get to the point where it can't be saved into memory so um so you kind of have to play the whole thing if you want to play half-life for the dreamcast you sort of have to play it in one sitting um because you won't be able to save it (laughs) I was just thinking about playing Half-Life, and I was like, you know what I really feel like doing? Playing Half-Life, where I have to aim with the buttons on a Dreamcast controller and play (laughs) through it all in one sitting. That sounds like the best. Let's do that. But yeah, I did just want to mention that as a sort of edge case game, because I have heard people make legitimate arguments for it being a Dreamcast release, and it is not. Do you know how hard the Brady Games guide is to find? I know for a while, it was one of those things where like a dude found crates of them, so I don't know if it's still difficult to find, but I, I've, I see it semi-regularly. Okay, yeah, I, I feel like I've seen it a bunch. It's like a Dreamcast thing that people like to own, so it's, it's not like someone found this guy that leaked out. Yeah, no, it was a really, like I said, like game stores were getting promotional material, and of course, the guides generally shipped out before the games as well, so... um yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think they're fairly common because it was sort of canceled last minute. Nice. Okay, um, I got some stuff to say about uh, other like main str- main counts for games. Um, I want to just mention the Sega All Stars. That's basically your greatest hits player's choice version of games. There are seventeen of these. There's a few with variations. Uh, Sonic Adventure has a variant. 
Um, so that's like a big one. And like the NFL 2K one, there's like whether you have a round or a, a or a square NFL license sticker on the front. But overall, there's 17 of those to look out for. They're not too crazy to find. Um, there's a few, a few, a little bit more difficult. But uh, they all start packaging as like orange on these, so you'll see like orange spines. Sun fading is a problem with them for collectors. So there's also just inconsistency in the orange colors from the factories in which they're printed. So some of that sun fading, some of it is inconsistent prints. So uh, if you're a stickler, you know, uh, buy them in person. One thing that I do find on this, just from personal experience, and I don't even know if the the data will match match what I'm about to say, but I have in my experience, this is this particular set of value titles actually does trend less expensive than their black label versions and on on a lot of consoles especially the earlier like cartridge consoles i don't necessarily see that being the case often um they'll be they'll go for the same or more um but i do considerably often i see the the dreamcast value titles going for significantly cheaper than their black labels yeah they they're still definitely price suppressed um, there's also hot and new releases, uh, hot new re-releases, which we'll talk more about later, but there's four of those. I do want to just say, if you are someone who's going to go through and try and get all of these Sega All-Star games, one, it, it's my favorite, like, player's choice title, like, of that greatest hits. I like that they just call them All-Stars, because they put some pretty cool, like, top-end games on them, like Marvel vs. Capcom, House of the Dead, like... That was cool. I like the cases. I like the coloring. It's orange and black. Makes me think of Halloween. But uh, Sonic Adventure, I wanted to bring specific attention to because there's the variant of that one. You can't tell the variant unless someone shows you the tray with the disc removed because there's art, that art behind the disc. So there's one where it's only his face and then there's one where it's Sonic and a group of friends. So it, it's hard to tell on that one. So if you're Getting into the minutia of that, that's the hard one to look for as far as being able to uh, tell from a picture. So be careful. That's terrible. Yeah, but it's a variant. As Tyler would recommend, just buy every copy you can find. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So guys, Corner we need the market. to speculate. All right, we're talking about investment now. Speculate on all the copies of Sega CD Choo-choo. or Sonic CD or whatever the f-ing game is called. I don't even want to talk about Sonic this anymore. Adventure. Let's just move on. Tyler is literally okay. not listening to us. No, absolutely not. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this is the, t- the non-Tyler episode. Okay, uh, Stefan, this one's for you. Loose versus complete. What's, uh, what is our motto here on disc-based games? Yeah, we'll say this about just about every disc-based game. Uh, the, my exact quote in here in the, in the notes doc is, don't be a fucking monster. Um, nobody, wants, nobody wants a spindle of Dreamcast games. Nobody wants Well, in 1999, people had spindles games. of Dreamcast games. I know, and it was dumb then. But uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of a general rule on the show, I think, is, I don't know, have we ever recommended people buy disc only for disc no, systems? No, gross. Ever? Gross. Stop Can you, Okay, let's, let's, let's just look at collecting as a whole, Johnny. Is there any single case where you would say, yes, it's okay to buy disc only? Prototypes. Got them. Mm. Hmm. Which one? Prototypes. Prototypes. Like the, the, historically, they're worth not very much because people don't like discs as much. But on heritage auctions, those Sonic CD freaking PAL prototypes, I think, went for thousands of dollars. At least one of them. 
nuts. Absolute right. bananas. So there's your legitimate speculator tip for this episode then. Choo-choo prototypes. Uh, I don't know if yeah. Dreamcast prototypes are worth anything. <laughs> I mean, I see people, what's the prototype thing for the Dreamcast called? Uh, not the Naomi. It's It sounds like a sword or something, right? Oh, the Katana. Katana, Katana yeah. It is like a People sword. have those, so they mu- there must be prototypes floating around. Yeah, so for those who don't know, Katana was the original name of the Dreamcast before they changed it. Uh, let's let's move on. Uh, Tower, if you were going to buy a full set, you know, of complete games, what what would that cost be? And according to game value now, anyways, caveats it's, all over. Yeah, it was like fifty nine hundred bucks, six thousand uh, dollars. And according to Stefan, apparently half of that is you could buy half of it for about a thousand because he said most of the games were under ten bucks. And when you're talking at that point, it's like shipping starts becoming a significant part of the price. So really, who knows? But uh, yeah, Dreamcast, yes. not a ton of games, not a ton of expensive games, not a ton of games people are looking for or that are super collectible. So it is cheap. Yeah, the average price is around $24 for a game. But as Tyler was kind of mentioning, when games are cheap like this, shipping will tank that price. So this is definitely a system we recommend. If you're going to collect for it, try to get it locally from game stores um, or like try to find eBay listings with free shipping or look on Amazon because a lot of times Prime members will have those games listed like on Prime shipping. Uh, for basically free if you're a prime member but if you're paying ten dollars for a game that's like oh it's only ten dollars but then you're paying like seven dollars shipping that's terrible so uh especially when games are that cheap that means you know you're losing like almost all of your value in shipping so uh careful on that and when you're considering the cost basis for your investments you really have to consider getting i'm, I'm just f-ing around okay yeah i'm I'm just looking at i'm looking at the sorted list uh for dreamcast and it doesn't even hit 20 dollars until because they because they number their entries and so there's going to be some stuff that's thrown out but but this is a pretty decent number um that it doesn't even hit 20 dollars until game 196 so um when i think of super collectible consoles i think of consoles with 250 games where 200 of them aren't even worth 20 bucks (laughs) (laughs) cool yeah good great Guys, tell me about hardware variants. Stefan? We got a black yeah. sports variant that sucks. Yep. <laughs> That's, That's what we wrote, it. and yep. I agree. Uh, so to clarify that a little bit, the reason... So the everybody wants black consoles, right? The black, the black consoles definitely look cooler than the white consoles, Let's, generally. Uh, and what's sad, what's crappy about the U.S. black console, which is really the only color console variant, I think, someone will correct me in the notes, that, that we got was the, the Sega Sports black console. Uh, and biggest problem with it is that it has the stupid Sega Sports logo on the console and it's not and so like even if you want like even if you want the cool black console you now have to like have the sports version which just it's just not as cool i'm sorry i know there's plenty of you who are into sports i'm not into sports but even if i was like i wouldn't want a sega sports branded console to be my to be my cool variant like it's uh the tribal tattoo of the sega dreamcast right yeah ew ew why'd you gotta put it like that and what sucks even more is because other territories, Japan especially, got really, really cool hardware variants, and we just didn't, and it makes me sad. You know, we didn't even get a bunch of box variants either. Yeah. There's very few box variants. So, like, 
I mean, the Dreamcast, it just didn't last. It didn't even last three years, so at least from the U.S. to its end date. So, like, you pretty much got, like, that white box that, that everyone has that looks like the basic Dreamcast box. I think the original black box, which had, like, the orange uh, swirl. And then there was, like, um, the sports box, we said. And then there was, like, the value bundle box, which had, which is the best box. And because it's got Sonic and Knuckles and Tails on it, and it's like came with a blue VMU and stuff, and it like, but that was just a box over the Dreamcast box. So, yeah, it's not like even a real box. That's just like a slipcover. So, so really, just two boxes: the black one and the white one, and then the actual Sega Sports console one. Yeah, because it's like the console only existed for two years. Yep. So, and then I also put a note here. Uh, I, this might have been everywhere. I just remember ThinkGeek had these available for is either like a hundred bucks or thirty bucks. Just like tons and tons of new Dreamcast consoles. Well after the Dreamcast was dead, I remember coming out like this might have been in the mid two thousands. They're just like, hey guys, we got a we got pallets of Dreamcasts. Someone's got to buy them. Uh, so buying a new inbox Dreamcast is not rare at all. Nope, you can go and find those pretty easily. I found one at a flea market in the mid 2000s once and i opened it and i took out the power cord and i lost it and then i went to sell it later and uh, i was like wait wasn't this new and then i sold it as complete without the power cord for like 20 bucks and then i found the power cord later and i was like oh wait this was new so that's my story of how i sold a new dreamcast for 20 dollars. i hope you enjoyed it i did not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got I got a free one at a yard sale once. It was like sitting on a blanket on the lawn and it didn't have its power cord. And I'm like, it, does this work? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, can I have it? <laughs> he's like, and he's like, sure. <laughs> so I just I just took it. And you know, the Dreamcast power cord, it's just like the like it's the same one like the PS2 uses or a similar one that the PS2 uses. Or is it it's either PS2 or Xbox that uses the same one. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I just, I just grabbed power cord and it worked and it was like, sweet, free Dreamcast. See, these are the negotiating tactics that you guys use that I just would never feel comfortable using. Can I have it? <laughs> that is not well, my opening argument for anything. You can't tell anything. me that it works or not. <laughs> well, Stefan went hard and got it for free. <laughs> that wasn't even hard. It was like, hey, does this work? I don't know. Okay, give it to me. <laughs> Stefan not- went so hard at this guy. He was super <laughs> negotiating. Yeah. okay guys how hard is it to collect for the dreamcast someone tell me i okay the there's two games or three games that i legitimately think are difficult to get um and everything else is easy like as far as as far as availability like i i put my set together relatively quickly and i didn't have trouble with anything except for those three titles. And I think we're talking about them later. Um, but uh, so the vast, 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 vast majority of the console uh, is not difficult to collect for. Uh, and it's also inexpensive, which aids aids in the argument of it being easy to collect for. I mean, it was especially easy for you. See, I did it especially. <laughs> you I did nailed it. it. Nailed it. Because you had a friend who helped you and priced it out and then found a great value on a, a large chunk of that set. Yes, that is true. Uh, I also bought, so I I bought a, 
and thank you, Johnny. But I also that what started my set was I a coworker of mine actually was like, "Hey, I have a bunch of this." Uh, oh, I was buying a um, a steel battalion because I was finishing my Xbox set at the time, and I was buying a steel battalion. So I go over there just literally just for the steel battalion, and he just go and so I use the the age old question that every single person listening to this podcast should know about, and that's what else you got? And he starts just bringing out these boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff. And I ended up buying a a plethora of games that day and a significant amount of Dreamcast games. And one of those games was a sealed copy of Cannon Spike, which is one of the the more expensive games for the for the console. So I was like, well, I, I already got the top of the mountain. I might as well start the set. So might as well work my way down. Yeah, so I believe Dana listens to this podcast. So thank you, Dana, for inspiring me to complete my Dreamcast set. I was uh, I was 100% sure that the question that everyone should know to ask was, do you know if it works? And then he was going to no. give you the Steel Battalion for <laughs> give free. Give it to me for free. No. <laughs> no, no. You should always, especially if it's, it's a, if you're going someplace to buy something singular, uh, you should always, or like yard sales or, um, or offer up or whatever, you should always, 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 always ask if they have anything else. Because the worst they can say is no, and the best thing they can do is start hauling out boxes upon boxes of games that you went to buy. Yeah, that's a fair, fair tactic. I use it as well. I got my Dreamcast stuff, most of it, and a lot of other stuff. Like, I was buying a bunch of stuff, and it was just like, I guess I'll throw in this Dreamcast stuff. And it was all the Capcom, it was like 100 Dreamcast games. This was the throw-in stuff. And I think I was spending like $600. And this is back in like 2004, though. So this guy's like, here's a bunch of Dreamcast stuff. I don't care about it like okay i guess i'll take that thus i became a dreamcast collector it literally sat in a shed in my yard uh for like three years from like 2004 to 2007 because i didn't know what to do with it and i was like still very focused on nintendo at that point so i I didn't even know what i had seems like all the sega consoles you just kind of fell into collecting well it's because everyone was nintendo crazy and i was out at hunting at like yard sales and stuff and people were like no the nintendo games are gone but had they done what stefan said what else you got they would have hauled out a box of of genesis stuff and they would have said oh yeah no gross genesis especially back in 2004 and i was like all right how much do you want for this stuff that no one else wanted all day at 3 p.m at your yard sale you know that's been going on and you just want this stuff gone uh, how about you give me $50 and just take all of it? That, that's like literally what I went around and did. And that's how I completed most of my Genesis set uh, locally. And now maybe there's someone out there doing the same thing for Nintendo Wii games. And they'll have a great story because yeah. you sure aren't going to find cool stuff like Dreamcast all the time. No, not anymore. People know about it. You know, for as much as like we're pretty medium, you and I, Tyler, and Dreamcast, the Dreamcast has like a pretty big following. People love the Dreamcast. And I... Not saying they're wrong, I'm just, it isn't for me. But yeah, it's like a wildly popular system. Although for that, now stop me if I'm wrong, or let, let's weigh in on this since we're talking about, we're still talking about how difficult it is to collect for. Um, Johnny, do you, for a system that is wildly popular, do you see a ton of it in the wild? 
Because I, I, I feel like now Saturn is a, an even better example, right? Like, like a very expensive, popular console that I just don't see out there. You don't see the mainly because of the cases, but, but I still don't think I see that many Dreamcast games out there either. Like for instance, when we went to Game Tower that day and you bought some, they, they had Dreamcast games at a game store. Like they had a couple of they had like eight Saturn games, but they had like fifty Dreamcast games. Game Dude, for the longest time, had a giant rack full of Dreamcast games. They still have Dreamcast games you can walk in there and buy, while there's, like, no Saturn games. Yep. It's funny, because the game store I go to, Save Point Video Games, their Dreamcast section is probably just about as big as their Saturn and Sega CD sections. Really? And their their Saturn and Sega CD sections, it's kind of full of filler that no one wants, like Blackfire and... You know, just games that are just like the $20 games that you would buy to literally test a console. But yeah, they definitely don't get in a, a ton of either. They don't get in a ton of Dreamcast or it moves really quickly. And the games that I always see there are like sports and racing that nobody wants or the launch games, because I guess everyone had all the launch games because I see them constantly. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting if people ever go more deeply into Dreamcast because I, I don't think they're like, I think it's popular amongst certain titles, like all the Capcom stuff, really popular. But I think when people start to like really examine the library and get into like the middle games and starting to figure those out, I think that's where people will be surprised by the the actual rarity of some games that people just don't know or don't care about right now. It's not a well flushed out system. There are certain elements that are well flushed out, but I, I think there's like probably 30 mid-tier titles that there's definitely not enough information that just get lumped into the mid-tier, but might not be. Yeah, I know for sure when we put this episode out, there's going to be people who are going to learn us some knowledge on variants that we just are not privy to. Oh, sure. Like, in my variant list, like, I have some variants, but these are, like, from 2008 when I, like, was doing preliminary, like, I'm going to really finish up this Dreamcast set. I'm going to button it up. I'm going to learn some stuff about it. And that's where I came up with most of my variants. But like, there's not like big Dreamcast variant threads that I know of right now. So there's got to be a group of people actually doing it. Like, who know? There's going to be a group who knows. And if that's you, hit us up. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes into what our next topic was, was how deep does collecting go? I feel like it's pretty surface level people know the top they know the bottom they know the launch titles and they like kind of what's popular and that's what they stick to uh there's like the homebrew goes kind of deep there's there's a ton of dreamcast homebrew like maybe more homebrew than any home console that's probably debatable like it's not like computer level like there's new zx spectrum games every month but uh they're like last Last Hope, not Last Alert. Last Alert is Turbo Graphics. Like, Last Hope, if you have, like, a sealed first print Last Hope, like, people will pay hundreds of dollars for that, and it's a homebrew game, and, like, ducks, and there's all these, like, really popular homebrew stuff. You can go deep into that, and because new games are coming out every year, like, dozens of new games, you can just kind of keep going, which is something fun. If it's, like, your console to collect, and you just want to keep going forever, you can just keep buying new games for it. You know, I had no idea. I didn't know about that at all. I didn't know about that until I walked into Game Realms, which is a store in Southern California that Johnny and I go to, and it's great. You should all go. But uh, they are stocking uh, Dreamcast Homebrew like in their Dreamcast section, and they've just got are a they? ton. Yeah, a ton of like new in box and you know beautifully packaged in the whole nine yards. They have a selection of Dreamcast Homebrew. Man, I know nothing about this, but you know how like I'm not a homebrew guy. Yeah. 
But yeah. so it's the perfect console because not only uh, I don't know how hard it is to develop a Dreamcast game, considering how many games there are out there. I imagine it's not the hardest thing ever, but you could just burn a disc. A disc costs five cents. It's the easiest thing to package and distribute ever, and you don't need to mod a console to run it. It's so much easier than making a brand new Nintendo cartridge. Yeah, and you can get nice packaging, because how hard is it to make a CD case? Like, all the you get all the material pretty easily. Not like making a new Nintendo box. Yeah, you're not even, like, making a box. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I agree. Like, even Saturn. Saturn has a bunch of, like, great games I would love. They did, like, more of what they do for Super Nintendo, where they make a nice version of the, like, the Japanese with the, the hacks, but... Because Saturn is like a pain in the ass, the cases aren't wildly of it, widely available. You just don't get that level. Because I have yeah, you, a bunch of you, uh, Super Nintendo ones, and you still need like the Game Shark or whatever to run the like the flashed Game Shark to run um, burns backups. On, yep. uh, yeah, backups on Saturn. Yep. Sorry, I use the politically correct term for burns. Burns. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Good. That I, I like our talk there on a. Uh, homebrew stuff that was interesting learning some stuff all right guys let's talk about uh, games and prices so let's talk about the launch games and what's the last game released do we know what the last game released was for the system oh, i might have not got that okay i'm not gonna look it up right now well let's talk about the launch games then tyler tell us tell us the launch games because i like this is a fairly impressive list for launch games it is. Um, I like. I kept re-looking at it, and I was impressed at how deep it is. So, Arrowings, Air Force Delta, Blue Stinger, Cart Flag to Flag, Expendable, House of the Dead 2, Hydro Thunder, Monaco Grand Prix, Mortal Kombat Gold, NFL 2K, NFL Blitz 2000, two NFL games at launch, Pen Pen Tricellon, Power Stone, Ready to Rumble Boxing, Sonic Adventure, Soul Calibur, TNN Motorsports, Hardcore Heat, Tokyo Extreme Racer, and Trick Style. Holy crap, that's 20, 19 games? That's a lot of games. Every genre represented. You got Sonic Adventure, the breakout game. Like, what did Saturn have at launch? Daytona and nothing? This is crazy. Like, arcade ports, like Hydra Thunder was an awesome port. House of the Dead 2. Soul Calibur, like I'd say, Sonic Adventure and Soul Calibur. Am I? Did I lose you guys? No, I'm listening I'm not to you. Know? Anything? Okay, yeah. Sonic Adventure and Soul Calibur are probably the two most iconic Dreamcast games. You asked me. Someone might dispute that, and they both came out at launch. That's crazy. Yeah, that's like if the N64 launched with Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time. Sure, I would also, of course, make a uh, case that I think a lot of people would for Power Stone uh, as being one of the most iconic. Yeah, games definitely. Power Stone's an arcade port, right? No. I'm going to say Power Question mark? Yeah, I don't have an answer to that. We'll correct I, that in the next episode. Yeah, tell Tyler versus Stefan, who's correct? Is Power Stone <laughs> a arcade port or not? It is. I do know that some people like Power Stone 1 more than 2. Maybe a lot of people like Power Stone 1 more than 2. I think I'm the only person who likes Power Stone 2 more. That is an exaggeration, but... uh. I don't really remember why, because Power Stone only supports two players, and Power Stone 2 supports four players, which automatically makes it better. Come on, guys. Okay. You can also play Power Stone on the PSP. That's... That is where the only place I've ever played Power Stone. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I did a quick look, and from what I'm seeing, the last North American game, and I don't know if this is correct, because I have not done enough research, sorry if I'm wrong, but is NHL 2K2. And that was on sure. February 14th. Cool. Valentine's Day gets a big sad 
sad tear <laughs> as uh, the last game it goes uh, the Dreamcast has uh, is that. So. I mean, you know, those late release sports games, man, they'll get you three Ooh. years after the console it, was released. It's or two not years. a soccer game, so we're okay. Are there any soccer games on Dreamcast? Oh my god, what did you? Just oh my ask god, I might start collecting Dreamcast. There's no soccer. Ga- That's why there's no <laughs> expensive games on the Dreamcast. There's no soccer games. Are you? Si- there's got to be a soccer. There's, game. Guy, there's soccer games. Okay, well, I tried, guys. Just not half the library, like <laughs> something. There's just no soccer game that's. Like, more expensive than every other game on the console. And then, uh, you know, uh, I think the last official game release was Border Down. I think I read that. But that, I think, was Japanese only. So, Yeah. Everyone loves that game. Good comment, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Wow, that was some weird dead air, Tyler. I went, <laughs> wow. Really, I, really was. I was just hoping for Stefan to save us. No, I for sure thought you two disconnected right there. I, <laughs> I, I just said that, and then Tyler started to talk, so I left it alone, and then it got weird. We're so good at this. I was yeah. I was laser focused on trying to provide my fun fact that you guys provided me about House of the Dead 2. There was no official Sega gun released with the Dreamcast, apparently because of Columbine. So that game only launched with controller support, and you would have to go out and buy like a Mad Cat's gun to play it with a light gun, which Yuck. I thought was interesting. It is, yeah. Also, also awful gross. and terrible, but yeah. I mean, yeah. the li- light guns on probably as a result of this being a launch title, like you can go anywhere, and there's just a pile of Dreamcast light guns waiting for you. Like outside your house right now, there's probably a Mad Cat's blaster. No, oh, yeah, I, I actually think- was digging in my yard yesterday, and two of them came up. Having crazy. said that, since Tyler stole my thing, and, but I still <laughs> want to comment on my thing, uh, that if you do want an official Sega uh, light gun for House of the Dead 2, uh, the Japanese version, I'm, I'm not sure whether or not there's a big box and a non-big box version, I didn't do that research, but there is a big box version of House of the Dead 2 in Japan that does come with a first party light gun that you can use. Not too um, expensive either. No, it's not. We have mentioned uh, but yeah. it on this podcast before. But yeah, so in the in the days before school shootings happened every f-ing day, uh, these kinds of things affected the video game market because we were squarely being blamed for them. Yep. Uh, oh, we're still being blamed, but now they're like, yeah. well, I mean, it, it's so weak-willed now. They're just like, just can throw video games at it again, see if right. it works this time. Anyways, let's not let's not get into any kind of gun argument or talk. Not that it would necessarily be an argument. I just. Let's not even touch that subject. There's no good outcomes. What, can, can we just... What did you guys think about Sonic Adventure in 1999? Just because that is the iconic Dreamcast game. Oh, I thought it was bad. Did you I have mean, it? No, I didn't like it. I told okay. you, I did actively did not like the Dreamcast. My friend had it on base, and I was just like... Uh, there's actual pictures. Like, my roommate, who I lived with in the Air Force, he had a Dreamcast... And I just actively refused to play it. He had it attached to in the living room. He's like, hey, man, come play this game with me. And I was like, mm, no. <laughs> I, it was like, this controller is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I would rather just play Super Nintendo. And that's what I did. I had a TV in my room, and I was like, you can play this out, all out here in the living room, but I'm going to I'm gonna go in my, my room and just play. And it was like my TV in the living room, too. So that was... Kind of shitty, but I just did that anyways. So I I will say that I 
it absolutely in a very direct way was not a console seller to me because so i was and we'll talk about sonic adventure limited edition a little bit later but uh, you could go to hollywood video and rent before the dreamcast released you could rent a dreamcast and it came with uh, sonic adventure limited edition and the whole idea was that you could then pre-order uh, the 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 system after you know trying out Sonic Adventure, and so I didn't you know I I did rent it from Hollywood Video I did play Sonic Adventure and it wasn't good enough that it made me pre-order uh, and I again I I didn't it was it was Soul Calibur that was the the system seller for me but I didn't see that you know prior to launch so when Sonic Adventure was literally the only thing you could play uh, it was not good enough for me to pre-order yeah so i think i had the experience that sega wanted everybody to have because my brother's friend shout out to howie perlman if you're listening to the show uh he had the dreamcast he was the only person i knew with a dreamcast at the time and every time we went over his house i would play the first level or maybe it's the first three levels of sonic adventure that are like the action stages and well the first level is like that stupid boss fight and then it goes into the action stages right and it blew my mind because I didn't have Sonic 3. So it just went from Sonic 2 to that. And it was just the craziest thing I'd ever seen. And every time I go there, I play those three levels. And I thought Sonic Adventure was this awesome game. And then sometime in the past, like, five to ten years, I went back and I actually played through Sonic Adventure. And it is just the most boring, needlessly open world, needlessly adventure game game. And I probably would have been real disappointed if I had it as a kid. Having said that, if you look at the totality of the Sonic library, it is nowhere near the worst Sonic Ooh. game ever made. Well, no. it's, I I haven't played any of the like Sonic Adventure. It it cut me off from 3D Sonic games. I'm like, well, I guess none of these are good. I just I haven't played any of that nonsense. Yeah, it, 3D Sonic games are not well received in uh, in my house. We don't like them. Like my wife, <laughs> not my, in my wife, house, not my house. Don't you bring that in my house, damn it. <laughs> that trash, who you think you is? Uh, no, my wife likes Sonic a good deal. She enjoys, and she loves hedgehogs and stuff. And she will play Sonic 1, 2, and 3. She'll play Sonic and Knuckles. But she's like, oh, like we had the GameCube when it was, you know, an active console, when it was the modern console. And we got a Sonic game, and she's like, this is the worst thing I've ever played. Don't, no more of these. That was that was it. Sonic didn't make it back until they re-released uh, the Sonics on the GBA, and then I got those for her. So Sonic Advance, she loved those. But uh, yeah, no 3D Sonics here. Those aren't re-releases, aren't Sonic Advance? That's their own series. They're no, they re-released Sonic the first one, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. yeah, to be clear, I, I was not being incredibly clear there. So you also told me earlier today, Sonic Adventure was on the GBA. So. I did not. I, I was a I word slip. Okay. You know that. Damn you. Anyways, I did play House of the Dead 2 and was super disappointed by using the controller for that game. It's really sad because I love light gun games. And that was like a, also a non-selling point for me. We didn't even have a shitty Mad Cats one. Just the controller. It was real bad. That game has green blood, right? Does the arcade version have red blood? I remember like very distinctly House of the Dead 2 has green blood. I don't oh. know if that's a setting or what. I don't remember. I'm just... Think of oh. the children. If they see think red blood, what might happen? Let's talk about most expensive games, guys. Because that's... 
Like, these are the big games. I don't think that this list is going to hold up in the long run of being the most expensive. We don't need to go through all these. I, I do think there's going to be, like, one weird game that will come out of the middle somewhere when this is a little more fleshed out that might kind of usurp some of these. But um, Sonic Adventure, as we talked about, the limited edition, which, as Stefan was saying, was from Hollywood Video. Though, Stefan, do you want to add your caveat? Just make sure when you're buying... Uh, when you were spending $300 on a game, uh, you should do your research in general. However, Sonic Adventure Limited Edition, specifically the things you need to watch out for, a lot of times, and I see, I do see this a ton, is that you will see the correct disc, which says Limited Edition on it, but you will find it with a jewel case and a manual from the standard edition of Sonic Adventure. And a lot, a lot, a lot of sellers either are intentionally deceiving you or genuinely don't know, and I'll, I could make a case for both, um, that both the manual and the jewel case say limited edition on them. So if you, and it's very prominently displayed, the, the manual says limited edition right in the front, the spine says it, or the jewel case says it right on the spine. So make sure when you're buying a quote unquote complete copy of this game that it says limited edition on the disc on the manual, and on the jewel case. And you said you got yours and has a blockbuster release. Most of them come with the big sticker seal on it that says Hollywood Video, but you have one that doesn't have that, and you have a blockbuster receipt, so... Yeah, it's the original receipt from Blockbuster, and it says BBV on the written in, in pen on the, uh, on the disc. I'm so, going to write BBV on my discs now. Yeah, make sure you get that rare copy, the BBV copy. Uh, so we don't know. Maybe, I don't know if like regionally where there wasn't Hollywood videos, if maybe Blockbuster got it or something. I don't know how and that would happen. Who knows? Maybe, maybe it's a Canadian thing. I don't know. Like, But I, I know for sure that it's the same skew, the same, uh, it's all in English and like there's no there's no French in my manual or anything like that. So, um, So I don't know either. I just thought it was a weird thing. That is a weird thing. Okay. Uh, also, uh, just to be clear, Sonic Adventure LE, there, well, you boot it up and it says Sonic Adventure LE at the title screen. And there's like something, what's different about it? Fewer levels, right? Yeah, there's, there's actually less game. It's, okay. it's more yes. expensive. It, for well, less it says game. it's the limited edition, it's not the full right. edition. Right. Um, yeah. And so, of course, just, that was just, that's just a development thing, right? This was a literally a pre release copy of the game. So they were not finished with it. It, it was limited. <laughs> actual limited yeah, no. everything about it is limited and so i just want to be clear uh because i know we're all going to share this opinion and we didn't talk about it before this is 100 percent part of the set this is its own thing yes oh yeah, yeah um, this is a different game sonic a lot of people try to not count it because it's the most expensive game uh, even they? though it's not like crazy yeah, there are definitely people out there who don't count it you don't hang out on reddit enough that's fair We're I don't, the, like that by type enough of you mean at all we try to not count it but yeah, it's a hundred percent part of the set yeah, 100%. Unlike our next one, which I would totally consider just a variant you can ignore. Oh, yeah, 100%. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But yes, like there's Sonic Adventure and then there's Sonic Adventure Limited Edition, right? Two different games. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I, like, I don't collect big box stuff or limited edition stuff at all. This is just like a separate thing. Yep. So, uh, Tyler, you brought it up. Let's talk about number two. Second most expensive game on the system. Or possibly most expensive game on the system, depending yeah, on uh, eBay. Like Sonic Adventure and Speed Devils, they both kind of vary. Like they can be hundreds of dollars up and down, I think. Yep. But uh, Speed Devils, the clean Walmart edition, uh, because Speed Devils is uh, associated with Satan worship, just like Dungeons and Dragons. And the cover, I'm not looking at it. I believe it has the literal devil on it. 
And Walmart is like, we're not going to have devil worship in our store. So they had to make a uh, a more big box store friendly version of the cover art. No. They removed the... No. They they didn't mm-hmm. really make mm-hmm. a new cover for it. They made a sticker that they oh, stuck... Oh, it's just a sticker. Uh, it's yeah. a sticker. <laughs> it's a big, weird sticker that they put right on the front of the manual. Yeah, and you that can actually like see the this. cover. It's it's almost as big as the cover, so you can actually see the seam line where the sticker stops. Okay. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I was gonna say, like the whole like font changes, I think like slightly. They didn't like just sticker out the devil; they stickered over the whole thing. Yeah, the right. whole okay. the, the whole. But but only the manual. So technically, if you found just the manual, you could piece together a copy because. If you look at the disc, still has the devil on it. You boot the game, still has the devil on it. It's just thing. it's just from a sealed perspective from the outside of the disc or from the outside of the game, you can't see the devil. Yep. What motherfucking pearl clutcher made this happen? Uh, Walmart was like I, I mean, I don't want to get into like the whole how weird is Walmart where they're like, Well, you can sell these guns, but pictures of the devil, huh? The devil's about evil and violence. And you're like, well, I mean, what what are we doing here? Like, what what do you guys represent? You totally underpay all of your employees, super bad work practices, your sub like your employees need to be subsidized by welfare. You want to talk to me about evil? Get out of here, Walmart. Is this game do you actually play I have never played Speed Devils. Is it just like a regular racing game or do you play yeah. as an actual devil? I don't think you play as a devil, but I I'm not sure on that. I think it's just I- a regular racer. And this was like squarely in the, you know, not, I don't want to bring up Columbine again, but this was, this was squarely in the era where like Jack Thompson was like rallying against the game industry. Joe Lieberman Um, was out in full force. I mean, this was, you know, one of, one of the touch points where we, you know, we as a, as an industry or a hobby were getting rained upon by, by, you know, conservative religious folk and, um, and so I think this is just symptomatic of that. Also, like, Walmart they, was, was a little... pretty sure Joe Lieber not a conservative religious folk. No, he's a Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> no. But f- uh, Joe Lieber. I yeah, was talking absolutely. about Jack Thompson, goddammit. Yeah. Okay. No, but we were also in the... Like, Walmart was in a different place there a little bit, like, marketing-wise. They were still more in, like, middle America. They hadn't, like quite hit all of the coast as deeply as it's not like now where walmart is everywhere like there was not a walmart in simi valley or anywhere near us um like there wasn't a lot of them in california or anything so they were still like very much in the heartland uh you know using heartland rhetoric like we're good old folk and we don't want to see no devils get out of here satan like you know not today satan <laughs> exactly <laughs> That, so, that's an astute observation, Johnny. Because I remember when we got like the first Walmart on Long Island in like the 2000s. It's like, wow, a Walmart, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, that's the number two most expensive game. Should we move on? There, there's two more. Yeah, uh, two more worth talking about. Go ahead. Uh, Gigawing 2 is a shooter, which has those weird 3D backgrounds I don't like. So I kind of don't know how good it is. That's $220. Anything to say about Gigawing 2? It's a shooter. Shooters are expensive. Because yep. guess... I remember, okay, actually, I have one more thing about this game. I, it might be in the official Dreamcast magazine, or it might have been something like EGM or Next Generation. Uh, I remember specifically, it's in like the bottom 10 or 20. They they ranked every single Dreamcast game, and this was like way at the bottom. They're like, an arcade shoot 'em up on a modern console? Who plays this genre anymore? And now it's like the most sought after Dreamcast game. 
Man, they should have just paid IGN more money. Then they could have had Funny a good joke. review. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I th- well, it was the Dreamcast magazine, I, if I'm thinking I, about yeah, it. Yeah, right? I just, so. I just like to shit on uh, IGN when I can. Uh, yep. Um, the last one is Cannon Spike. It's it's a Capcom fighter. What do you want? That's a, it's Wait, a sh- is it? It's a, no, no, it's not. No, so it's not a, a fighter. Sh- it's a shooter. Sure, shooter. Using fighting game characters. It's the weirdest thing. I thought <laughs> it's like the top-down levels of Contra 3. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I've don't. i never played it, though, so I don't know. So, like, we're talking about the most expensive games, but really look at the Capcom stuff, guys. If you are going hard on Dreamcast, if you if it says Capcom on it, just pick it up. Like, don't, like get all your launch titles, because those like, the best suite of games. Honestly, I think Dreamcast has to be in the running for best launch titles of any console. Like probably in the top five, which is crazy to me that I would even say that, especially how blah I feel the system is overall. But um, get the Capcom games too. Like, if you see Capcom, this is when Capcom was still, like... That's true of literally any console. (laughs) Well, no, like, when you get past, like, uh, past this generation, Capcom and, like, Konami, like, that prestige kind of goes away, and they've got, like, their catalog of games and, like, markets they're trying to hit has just expanded. So you don't have that experience anymore so but with this very specifically all the capcom games get very expensive so go after those well very expensive uh, so we have those four games from 180 to like 300 plus and then the next like we have 10 games here and they're all at like 100 bucks so that's the entire very top of the dreamcast what we just talked about and like there's some other stuff you know project justice ill bleed mars matrix uh jojo's bizarre adventure those are like hovering around 100 just some more expensive games to look at. Yeah, Bangio, Gumber 2, Power Stone 2, these games as well. Um, but let's let's talk about what's actually rare. Stefan, you've got some strong opinions. What games you actually thought were rare for this system? Go for it. So, uh, I think that the rarest or more, most difficult for me to find at the time, and Johnny and I differ as to whether or not this is part of the set, but it is the 3.0 version of the web browser. Uh, it it's comes, not- you, you, see, you see a you see it a ton disc only like lots and lots and lots of disc only games. Uh, and even then you don't see that a ton, but like the, the ones that you do see are generally disc only. It does come in a paper sleeve. That's like a, not a gateful, but like a book paper sleeve. Um, and, uh, and that one was really, really difficult, genuinely difficult for me to, uh, for me to find complete, uh, which made it, it was the last game I needed quote-unquote game I needed and it, uh, was maddening because I kept finding it disc only, but then the other two uh, would have been difficult. So the clean cover of Speed Devils should have been difficult for me to find. However, uh, my friend Johnny Ayuchi bought two of them on accident. So I got a. So I got. I, I mean, you know, we 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 give deals. It was a pretty good deal. Thanks, Johnny, for that deal. Yep. It was good. And then uh, Sonic Limited Edition again was difficult. Purely for the reason that I talked about before, I was it was a cautionary tale when I was talking about uh, how to how to buy it and how to not buy it. In that I was one of the people who didn't realize that limited edition was on the manual and on the spine. So the first copy of of Sonic Adventure limited edition that I bought was a technically a disc only copy. So that was infuriating, and finding a complete copy for a reasonable pro- a reasonable price was very very difficult. So those yeah. are my top three as far as what's genuinely difficult to find. So I, I will just I'll chime in there. 
I don't think the web browsers should count. There's three of them. Yes, th I will say 3.0 is hard to find, probably because of the paper sleeve, especially complete. It doesn't show up that often. People listed the price around $40, but I think the last one closed at like $120. If you care about this thing, you might as well target it because it's going to be expensive. I don't think you should care about that. Like, you know, the end of the day, it, it's who cares? It's a who cares for me. But uh, for you, maybe you feel differently. You want the web browsers. I, I did actively yell at Stefan once about it. Uh, I regret my yelling at him. But <laughs> I, but I uh, I believe my points were correct. My, my approach was not. <laughs> Let's talk about in-demand games and key franchises. Tyler, tell us about them key franchises. There's so many of them. It's it's all the launch stuff. It was Sonic and Soul Calibur. You already said Capcom. You put Skies of Arcadia, Fantasy Star. I'm going to also put in Grandia 2 because those are the RPGs that people talk about. And RPGs are kind of this evergreen genre, just like shooters. Everyone loves collecting them. Uh, I can't I can't think of like a ton of Dreamcast RPGs. Are there even more besides Fantasy not, Star Online, Skies really. of Arcadia and Grandia 2? OK, that's it. What a console still has more RPGs than N64 somehow. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Um, My least favorite Nintendo system. You see a running theme here? Uh, you like shooters. Yes. Mm -hmm. Figured it out. Yep. Okay. You did it. I don't think any of the, besides like the shooters, like GigaWing, which also is really uncommon for the system. Uh, I don't think like any of this in-demand stuff actually affects price too much. Like Soul Calibur is, what does Soul Calibur cost? 15 bucks? Yeah. I mean, it's part of that, the quote unquote middle, that's like $20. Yep. Other key franchises, and we put them in super cheap games you should buy, is Space Channel 5, Choo Choo Rocket, the Crazy Taxi games. Like Those are key games. Anything on the Sega All-Stars rack was kind of like where they were at. There's also some like key sports games, but that doesn't really hold weight for collectors. Yeah, and I, and I even struggle to say franchise for a lot of the stuff because a lot of it's just like, oh yeah, this is a key game. Like sure, Space Channel 5 was a, absolutely a key game. There's only Space Channel 5. It's not like it's a recurring franchise, you know what I mean? Well, like, isn't I, there Space Channel 5 Part 2? Yeah. Not Because not that's Dreamcast. the one that gets re-released in the, the Xbox compilations or whatever. Yeah, that's but, not on Dreamcast? Uh, no. What's that on? Not Dreamcast. Oh, No. This is not happening. We're we're fighting now. I, I I let you slide with the Power Stone one. I mean, like Choo Choo Rocket and Space Channel are also on GBA. They they've got some ports and stuff, and they they do hit compilation discs. And they are key characters that will like we we're going to see characters and crazy text. We will see these characters again. That's what I'm saying. Like key franchises. Like, Aha. Sorry, so we were it's on Dreamcast. Was, yeah, we were half wrong. So because it was Space Channel Five, it was released, uh, or Space Channel Five Part Two was Dreamcast uh, Japan only. Yeah, so that's we, like saying so Shenmue Two not, is not on Dreamcast. It's, it's a Dreamcast not. game. This is a conversation about the North American collection oh of Dreamcast, Tyler. We're talking about the franchise as a whole. Tyler, eh, Collector's <laughs> Quest, if nothing else, loves to be technically right more than any other kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So. Uh, this is my chance to bring up um, Choo Choo Rocket because I love that every game on Dreamcast you could play somewhere else and frequently better because Dreamcast was like 480p or whatever. Choo Choo Rocket is best on iPad. That game is wonderful on iPad. And years ago, like probably 2010, Sega took it off the iOS store and you can't buy it anymore. But just imagine being able to play Choo Choo Rocket and you could just tap and 
put the arrows wherever you want right away instead of using the stupid cursor. Amazing. Sounds great. Sounds great, right? Yep. Choo Choo Rocket is super hard. Remember when games were hard? Yeah, I do. Still do. Yeah, I remember. And you beat them because you're so good yeah. at games, Johnny. Yeah, Pepperidge Farm remembers. I remember we- the good old days when games were hard and controls were bad. That's all I got. Uh, right, let's talk about collector bad. stuff. What? Okay. Yeah, controls were bad back then. When we used to just think games were hard, they're like, oh, this, you just got to get used to the timing. You're like, oh, that's because they did a bad job programming uh, responses. Cool. Nope. Uh, no? Nope. Games are wonderful. Like Castlevania, like wonderful game in so many ways. Like the way the whip has to pull back so you can't just like whip it as fast as possible. Oh, just perfect. I didn't say all old games. There's a few that are just beautiful gems. Yeah, Swamp yeah. Thing on NES, not not a gem. I don't like what's happening, actually, right now. Uh, we had this this funny thing I was going to point out, because our recommended game section was blank, and I was just going to breeze right through it. And while we're talking about nothing here, Stefan is filling it up. Yep, and uh, he's wrong. Uh, like, we already talked about these games. We don't actually li- recommend yeah. them. <laughs> Notice how... Uh, okay, so Stefan wrote Power Stone, Power Stone 2, Crazy Taxi, and uh, the three RPGs. <laughs> uh, notice how the same games keep showing up? This is kind of yeah, like an N64 what? situation where it's like, uh, there's like a dozen or two good games, and that's it. And then there's like 40 crazy Dreamcast collectors who are like, no, man, have you played Typing of the Dead? It's the best. What about <laughs> well, Illbleed? Have you well, played Spawn even at all? That's the thing, though. I think is like we are a collecting podcast, and I don't think anyone would would argue that we are often more collectors than we are gamers, especially with retro stuff. So um, I think this is one of those things where, like, yeah, we have two complete collections between the three of us, but I don't think Johnny. How what percentage of this collection do you think you've played? Uh, let's see, there's 250-ish games, I've played probably 10. Yeah, see, that's 10 what I'm saying. 10, like, well, so, like, so, 10, I've put, like, any amount of time into, and, like, like less than an hour, maybe 20. Yeah, I think that's, that's similar for me, and, it's, you know, it's similar for, like, N64, you know, where it's just, you know, I have a full set, and I've played, you know, 10 or 15 games. I would 100% um, recommend Seaman. Yes, no, I, I always recommend Seaman. I'm anti recommending Seaman. You know why Seaman yeah. is my favorite? Because, because it's Leonard my f- no, because my favorite joke that I was like one of the first things I posted on Instagram was because Elemental Gimmick Gear is just egg on the cover, and I was like, I I put those two. I could put Seaman and egg in a picture and like a juvenile and take a picture of it and be like, look <laughs> at my joke, Seaman and egg. Get it? Get it, guys? Anyway, my point is is that <laughs> Thank you we for are just not freezing past that, just not even <laughs> letting him have it. <laughs> <laughs> my point is, is that dicks. we are we are not the people to talk about recommended games for this platform from a gaming perspective. No, well, and we've kind of talked about what we recommend already as far as purchasing, and we we got some other ones we're going to talk about here. So let's talk about collector stuff, guys. Let's talk about some like variants, any corner case stuff. Uh, like screw variants or seal variants. What do we know hey. about this stuff? 
There's none of that on this system, obviously. But well, we're, we're speaking of seal variants. We're missing the uh, the NFL games have a, a different kind of sticker. I, I'm just stealing one that t- Stefan was talking about. Yeah, we did talk about. That. I did talk. Oh, we already about talked that. about it. Oh, yeah, that's I that was uh, mainly show. on the All Star <laughs> copies. They either have round or or circle license seals. Uh, it's the seal, the NFL seal, on it. Uh, so a little hologram sticker on the manuals. Anyways, yeah, there's that. But there's also Sonic. And we talk about Sonic Adventure a lot. Okay, so there is... Uh, we talked about the variants for the All-Star one, but there are just regular variants. Aside from the limited edition, there's the two-disc variant, and then there's just the single disc. And the right. two-disc variant has... Uh, which, what's in there, Stefan? Yeah, so this is, the, this is a two-disc variant of the first Sonic Adventure, so it's not Sonic Adventure 2 disc um but uh but it is there's a second disc in sonic adventure in the variant that is uh sonic adventure 2 the trial which is a trial copy of sonic adventure 2 um and there are actually some gameplay and cutscene differences that you can look up uh between that and the final game uh but from from the exterior really the only way to tell unless i'm forgetting something is that it will on the the front of the spine for uh this for the jewel case it says in the upper left hand corner it says two discs two discs um so you know just just like music cd's would often say two discs back then if it was the like internal like not not it's because it's not double wide it's a single wide case that just has the like i don't know what do you call that like a fold out a fold yeah, out cd holder i don't know what the name is for that but it's i don't know it's, it's not like a double disc yeah it's edition. not a double it's, disc it's a single disc case with like a little flap right so anyways um alien frontier and seaman have big boxes that's like some cool collector stuff those are like the big box games for this does yeah, Man have a small box? No, yeah, you no. You need the microphone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Although we talked about a- Alien ahead. Frontier. I think Alien Frontier does have a did come in single. Item. Did it? Yeah. Well, what's well, Alien Frontier? Because Someone tell me what because Man came first. I don't know. It's another game with a microphone. I haven't played it. Okay. <laughs> but but yeah, cool. there's a microphone pack in. Yeah. Let's argue um, about shit we clearly don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sounds like us. Um, Speed Devil clean cover. We talked about. There's a bunch of uh, not-for-resale games on this. They all have not-for-resale printed on the disc somewhere. So um, That's important to know. Don't yeah. screw up your discs if people marry the wrong things together. Yes. Those do also kind of get pricey, like as you might imagine, as most NFR discs or cartridges go, um, they, they do get a little bit more pricey. But Most of the NFRs were like just packings, though. Yeah. Like the the pack and sports ones that like they it's not like you know NFRs on the Super Nintendo or something. It's not Nick got on my case for this for not Did collecting he? them. Yeah, he's like, "Well, it's not a full set, bro. You don't have all the NFRs." But I don't, I don't really don't care. Yeah, well, it's not a retail release. Boom, uh, boom. Choo Choo Rocket. Uh, go ahead, tell them all about this. Tyler loves this. I love it. First Prince, choo-choo. Okay, we got two First Prince <laughs> for you guys. Hype trade. Uh, choo-choo Rocket, the screenshots on the back of the box, the First Prince are super pixelated. Uh, they just look terrible. It's pretty obvious. You look at, just go on eBay. It seems like there's almost more pixelated ones than correct ones. It's worth nothing. I think I saw a sealed one for 20 or $30 on eBay. 
Uh, and there's also plenty of sealed ones that are not pixelated. Just turns out there's just a ton of choo-choo rockets out there that nobody bought. Yep. And then uh, Unreal Tournament has a black and yellow disc for the first print. It's yellow with black text. Yellow with black text. I've never seen this. I'm just typing the words that Johnny said before. The and then, show. The, yeah, the first, that's the first print. And then the second print is a black and white disc. Yeah, we talk about how nobody cared about first prints until recently, including us. And this was one of those cases where we yeah. were reading about it, and then all three of us ran to our shelves. <laughs> Do we have first prints of these guys? <laughs> yeah, let's check. So that that's like some cool collector stuff that you can get into. We'll talk, like, I think we should have put the hot new stuff here. So I'm going to move it. I'm going to talk about hot and new. So there are versions of the game. There's only four games that were a little green sticker got put on them and said hot new uh, re-release or release on it. And it was either printed on the manual or it was a sticker on the manual. And it was for Mortal Kombat, Hydro Thunder, um, what else was it? Uh, NFL Blitz 2000 and Ready to, Ready to Rumble. So these were from like the launch titles and they had some issues because there was like a bad print job on the first run of these discs. So they reprinted them like Mortal Kombat. The disc is reddish orange while the original is yellow and it's got that hot new sticker on it. Hydro Thunder, it had a problem saving when you tried to save to the VMU if it was almost full. Again, went from reddish, the disc is now reddish and it was originally blue. Hot new is printed on the manual. But there's also one with a sticker. That's the, so there's even variants within the hot new. Um, you could have one with a printed on or with a sticker. NFL Blitz. Um, there was like, there wasn't really a big glitch on this one, but it got a reprint anyways. Like people didn't really notice it. Uh, ready to Rumble. The disc again, red. The original is yellow. It's got a hot new sticker, or it's got hot new printed on it, and the error on the original was that the music would skip. So if you are looking to play any of these four games, do go ahead and get the one that says hot and new on it. And uh, collecting wise... Well, I mean, don't, because they're not the first prints. I, I said if you're looking to play. Collecting oh. wise, don't get those. Avoid those. First prints are are the ones without those stickers. So that's something to look out for. That whole situation just seems so skeezy to me. Like, it's one thing to be like, oh, yeah, like, we're going to patch something and then we'll just, like, silently put out new versions. But, like, to be like, hey, we sold you this inferior product and now we're going to, like, make you buy a new one thinking that it's, like, hot and new, like, expecting feet. Like, because to me, as a consumer, I would think, like, oh, there must be a new feature, new content or whatever. It's like, no, they just fixed something they up like that that doesn't feel good to me <laughs> yeah it's That's, just a patch like today it would just be a patch but yeah back then it was uh, a re-release but Another- then but but back then too like they would do there there is precedence for like n64 for instance where like they fuck something up and they like offered you a free copy if you like found out about it and asked them about it you know well, like i don't think any of these glitches were game breaking i know i just it just feels bad well that's why sega is sega and nintendo is nintendo Boom. Take that, Sega. Another, like, cool thing you can find, if you find your Rayman, if you you find one sealed, there's one that comes with a shirt. So go ahead and look for that if you're looking for, like, weird, cool Dreamcast stuff to get. So that's the last uh, on, like, collector stuff that I have. 
I would say if you're uh, if you're looking to play these games, skip all the hot and new stuff because there's better versions on other consoles because it's the Dreamcast. Shut you can just play these all in Mame. Thanks, Tyler. You're... Is that where we're at now? Where that's we're, where we're at. We're telling people to go emulate. Just yep. What overplaying like NFL Blitz 2000 on the Sega Dreamcast with the Dreamcast controller? Blitz 2000 is it's a marketing genius. the The port of Blitz 99 to Dreamcast was called Blitz 2000. They upped the number by one. Amazing. Did it. All right. Well, I'm just going to like quickly go through this. Uh, special editions, they weren't really a thing. There's like two big ones, Shenmue and, and the Sonic Limited Edition. The Shenmue one isn't even all that interesting. It just says like Limited Edition over in the right corner. You're like, cool. A tradition they continued with Shenmue 3 by limited yeah. run games so here here's the funniest thing i i find about that shenmue 2 limited edition under a hundred dollars if you want to buy it for the dreamcast you know the system that is its home shenmue 3 from limited run that special edition like going for like over 200 dollars. you guys are paying more for that you guys y'all crazy stop buying from limited run games please <laughs> y'all crazy <laughs> please stop this what what is going on where the special edition of shenmue 3 which got some trinkets in there is more is more valuable in the eyes of people like on the hype alone of a game that i feel is pretty mediocre than the actual first limited edition shenmue it's, it's insane to me anyways that rant over let's uh let's move on from that this is all tyler Tell us about aftermarket homebrews. Well, this is all me. Uh, I just know the the homebrew scene is huge. I don't. I've never played a single Dreamcast homebrew in my life. I was going to compile a list of um, all the homebrew developers just to give you like a sampling. And if you look at the list, there's there's like dozens. There's like no way there would be a feasible way to say them all. So I will say uh, some of the ones that I have heard of that are very popular: uh, Pure Solar, which is just a port of the Genesis game. And so this is actually a running theme. So. Dreamcast homebrew, a lot of them are kind of in like that Sega Genesis 2D style. And then you have the ones that look more like Dreamcast games. And then there's at least one company that just ports over their Neo Geo games, like Last Hope. Uh, so there is a mix of 2D and 3D games. And so Pierce Solar, Last Hope, Stormwind is a shooter, and Ducks is another shooter. Those are just four homebrews that I've at least heard of. So they're probably some of the good ones. And then uh, accessories, magazines, and other crap... If you want to go more into the Dreamcast world, I guess we can. You've got <laughs> multiple colors of controllers you can go get. There's like a green one, a black one. Again, yeah, all the cool VMUs stuff. Matching VMUs for all of them. Yep, you get multi colors on your VMUs. But like, really, if you want to go deep on this, go buy foreign stuff because in America, it just didn't really happen. Even like Typing of the Dead had like a cool accessory of the keyboard, but that was mainly Japanese. What? Cool. Yeah, you got that fishing rod controller, some bad Mad Cats guns, a broadband adapter. It the world Broadband adapter is kind of pricey, right? I think so. I, I th- like the 56k are, modem is like garbage. Like yeah. that's a dollar, but the broad that came with the console though. Yeah. So I mean that is a cool thing about the console that you could go online with it. Like keyboard and mouse was a thing for it. These are like those are cool accessories that the that the Dreamcast had. It, it it made it gave the system a certain allure that other systems didn't have, and it showed us kind of like that gateway where we were moving into what I call the like when we had that talk like what's retro, what's modern, like what era are we in? 
like that delineation starting to show right there where we're moving out of systems just being a place where you play games uh, and then now them being more than that. They're like internet, online gaming, you know, being media centers. And the Dreamcast was kind of like great for the boot disc thing because you could get the boot disc and then you could play emulators of like Super Nintendo games. Like I had a disc with like a bunch of Super Nintendo games for this Dreamcast that my roommate had that I'd go play. So there you go. That's piracy, Johnny. Wait, there, it was piracy back then. There has to have been a U.S. keyboard for Tiger there is of the a, Dead. There is a U.S. keyboard, yeah, but not it came specific, with the, for the internet stuff. Yeah, but yeah. there's not a Typing of the Dead one. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you meant Does that the Typing of the Dead one come with like keyboard. a backpack and a tray? No. Well, no. No. Oh, who cares? That's not the real arcade experience. So um, we have this section that uncommon games that aren't expensive yet. We don't really have a lot of good information on that yet. I don't think it's fully flushed out. Yeah, because, I mean, with so much of the library, <laughs> super, super cheap, um, I think the stuff that's difficult to find is uh, is just kind of expensive. And that's why I think you see the top end sort of drop off the cliff. It's like $100, $100, $100, and then, you know, maybe a couple $80 titles, and then, you know, a couple $50 titles, but then like 20 20 20 20 10 10 10 10 So... And if any collector's team picks up, if any group gets behind this, that'll change. I, I don't think that that's. It'll, I don't think it'll stay that way. Sure. Well, I mean, I, but I would see. I mean, would you see a? Do you think that, like the the actual order of of value would shift? Like, do you see the list shifting around, yeah. or do you just see the the sort of the whole you know the 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 waters rising for the set? No, I, I think the order could. I, I think the first thing that'll happen is some of the the water level will rise, and then, but it'll be a little different. Like certain ones will rise to fill up the middle a little more, like round out those pricing. Uh, if anyone ever goes hard at it, but yeah, I think the order of like most expensive games could shift around. Not necessarily the top three, but like within the top twenty. Yeah, I think there could be some shifting there, and stuff that isn't in the top twenty now uh, could be could slide into those slots and displace a few of them. But yeah. I, that's that's if anyone ever cares enough for there to be a bigger group going at Dreamcast games. I think maybe Don't one day there will be. Dreamcast. And if you're going to buy the Dreamcast games, if you're like really thinking about like, what should I get? Just like buy everything, whatever. Everything is so cheap right now on Dreamcast. Like there's no reason to be selective if you're really going to no, uh, like hope this is going to blow up somehow. Well, it's kind of a great system to collect for if you are interested in, like, going after a meaty, like, I've never done a complete set. I'm kind of interested in this. This is kind of a good one to go after. There's a few games that will, like, make you feel a little bit of pain so you know what game collecting is about, but not so much that it's prohibitive. So Yeah, and there's it doesn't go very deep. You know, there's not a ton of variants. You know, most of the collection is single jewel case, so it doesn't take up much physical space. I think right. Without looking at it, I think it's just on one of the, the, the Oscar 1080s that we talk so much about. I think it's two rows of of CD-sized shelves, right, Johnny? Yeah, two or three. Um, yeah, it's, it's it, you know, so... 
I, I talk about it a lot when I talk about like not not necessarily needing to have a ton of space to be a set collector, especially starting out, because uh, there are a few sets that are relatively small. And my Dreamcast sits on, or my Dreamcast set sits on a shelf with three other sets or two other sets, um, full sets that all fit on a single Oscar 1080. So it is, you know, certainly it's you know approachable. And uh, the the two top end games are games that you could theoretically find in a badly priced eBay listing. Both Sonic Adventure LE and Speed Demons or Speed Devils. Those are the kind of things that you would find like F1 race where someone will just list it for $5. Yeah, especially Speed Devils because, you know, you do have people accidentally listing them as the regular Speed Devils. You know, I think even Johnny famously fell prey to that himself, right? You thought you out, you, you didn't know you already had a copy and you you bought two. Yep. So, I mean, it happens. And also, like, Speed Devils isn't required for the set. I feel like Sonic is, but that the clean cover of Speed Devils isn't. So that's like when you want to fill out, like, oh, I want to have the cool variant to, like, pimp your set a little bit. I I think, like, from the perspective of, do I think it's like, oh, man, how many cool things are there invested? Is it going to be like the NES where it was? No, but do I think it's like a good, like, test the waters collector set? Absolutely, because it's robust enough. It doesn't take up too much space. It's not like so expensive that you're like, oh my God, I spent so much money on this set. How will I ever recover from this? Like, you'd be like, oh, I overspent a little bit. But at the end of the day, you'll, you know, you're not going to get crushed on it. So. Yeah. And when you're talking, when you're talking about $6,000 for the collection, I mean, that is factoring, you know, single item sales right and so like yeah. if you do buy in lots and i mean this is true for any set but if you do buy in lots then you know and with with there only being 200 and you know 250 ish games uh for the set you know you can you know buy a couple of big lots and you're you're there you know significantly quickly so i think it, uh you could you could come in significantly under six thousand dollars for this set don't buy sets because they're cheap it's still dreamcast I agree, but some people want to know what it's like to do a complete set, and this is buy like the a good Odyssey one. Two set for six hundred dollars. No, Stop no, it! No, because like you go, oh, go buy the thirty two X. That's not like a real set experience. Right. Like and, Dreamcast and even, gives that to you. And and you do and yes, Tyler. Most of these games you can play on other consoles, but there are a lot of good games to play on the Dreamcast. So if you are looking for a set that's also a very playable set, I mean, I would I would call it a more playable set than N sixty four, right? Like th- there are there are especially you know all you know or a good Get significant out. portion. Mm, I don't know out. because the best <laughs> games on N sixty four are so much better than the best but games on Dreamcast. So much gar- so much garbage. Like oh there's God. so much garbage on both of these systems. Yeah, N sixty four is garbage in part because it has like no games, and Dreamcast has a hundred fewer games than N sixty four. Yeah, well, maybe like fifty. Yeah, how many N sixty four games are there? Two hundred. Yeah, all right. I will it's die close. on this hill. As far as the the percentage of playable games, I would say Dreamcast is a more playable set than N sixty four. I'm just saying Mario 64, Ocarina of Time. Sure. Majora's yeah, not, Mask. Golden right. Eyes. But, but I'm Smash just saying Brothers. in a... In, in a uh, Please in don't a, make uh, me defend the Nintendo 64. <laughs> oh my right God, Stefan. You're not going to win. Do this to me. <laughs> when was in the last time tomatoes. you went to a Power Stone tournament? Never. Oh, people still play Super Smash Brothers, uh, which is one of the most popular series ever. Because they okay. keep making them. <laughs> Oh I God, God oh, don't like you know how I feel about the N sixty four. Don't do I know, this. It's to me. terrible. 
Don't make me talk about it in a positive light. I'm just Well, just saying. imagine, just, you know, Sonic Adventure really revolutionized 3D Sonic, and Super Mario 64, what has that done for gaming? All I'm saying is if you go title by title saying, is this a, is this a playable title, yes or no, I think you would come out on the end having more playable Dreamcast games than you would N64. I'm just saying the Dreamcast probably has no 10s and the N64 fine. has a, no, has fine. a few. Ooh, Dreamcast has no tens. I like that description. I'm going to add that to my uh, my reasons the, that I'm uninterested the, in Dreamcast. That can be the 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 subtitle of this episode. Dreamcast. And some guy is definitely going to come at us and be like, "But what about this shooter oh, that only came oh, out yeah. in Japan? It's one of the there most, are well, some uh, Ikaruga. I think Ikaruga is a ten. That game's amazing. There you go. I, I there, think I think the outlook for you know Japanese and other regions makes the Dreamcast a much more interesting system. And I think a lot of, like, more interesting than the N64. And I think the ability to, like, mods and emulators and things you can do with it make it more interesting. But if we're just talking North American libraries, then no. I love that we had an extremely compelling conversation just explode out of nowhere just now. So, uh, we also had things to watch out for. The controller port fuse. I don't know what that means. Tower, that was you. Uh, oh, yeah, if you plug in and unplug your Dreamcast controllers while the console is on, you might blow a fuse that is uh, on the controller ports. That seems crazy, but it's happened to me, or I've bought Dreamcasts where this has happened, and I have friends who have had this happen, so it's not just like a weird thing. There's tons of articles on how to fix it, so don't plug and unplug your controllers while it's on, and always check all the controller ports uh, if you're buying one, if you have the ability to, anyway. Okay, uh, let's finish that. it up with the outlook of this system. How, how do you, right now, if you want to play Dreamcast games, what's the best way to do it? How do we uh, play? Mini, are, there, are there minis? Retro Is there a mini shop? ROMs? Retron? What do we do here? I mean, it's mostly, I, I'm sure there's probably a, a, a exception to the rule, but mostly there are, you know, you play on the original hardware, but the original hardware is prevalent and not that old like it's it's fairly easy to get it working on a modern television like vga converter boxes uh for the dreamcast specifically are very very common and they work very well i think there's a hand a handful of games that aren't compatible uh but uh, or just you know using an upscaler or something like that but um but i can't i'm trying to think of a dreamcast game that's been like ported to like a digital storefront tyler do you what, we were just talking about Choo Choo Rocket. What do you mean? Uh, every Dreamcast game is on the digital storefront. There's, there's They're all on Steam. <laughs> Are they? You go buy Sonic not, Adventure I, on Steam right now. It's probably really? $8. All right. I'm not. I'm 100% not a Steam guy. So Okay. That's fine. All right. So that's our So You Want to Collect for Dreamcast, guys. Anything else to add to that before we move on? Johnny seems like he really wanted to wrap this up fast. He was like, uh-oh. What's going on, Johnny? Tell us. No, I just, just bored of like, Dreamcast. This no, is one I of the first we, episodes where I like really started zoning out when you started talking. And I'm like, oh my god, I just don't care, man. Wow. Now you know how exactly how our audience feels half hey, the time. Hey, you know, it took <laughs> it took it took an hour and forty minutes for Tyler to get self deprecating about this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I, almost made it to some, the second half of the show. It's right. That's that's got to be some record. No, like usually, like, like the I don't like this podcast enough to listen to it while we're recording it. Like. When we get to the parts like actually rare games or uncommon games to look out for, that's the stuff I get excited about because I like true rarity. And with Dreamcast, it's like I I couldn't name you half the Dreamcast. uh. Well, I I don't know. We like we're tackling sets from a much different perspective than players are. Uh, So 
Tyler, you gotta check in on these episodes, man. We need you. We need you, Tyler. I was I was checked in. Just we not need when you, Tyler. You were talking about Dreamcast variants, man. And then you were like Choo Choo Rocket, and I'm like, I've got a pixelated Choo Choo Rocket. I could talk about that. Oh my god, it's pixelated. Choo <laughs> uh, Choo. I love that we got to say our hype game was Choo Choo Rocket. Make the Choo Choo sound for Choo Choo Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> like these are the things that delight me. Um, okay, so uh, let's move on to the other part of our show. Not not a second. The other half. half. Yeah, the other half. Uh, it's my favorite ongoing joke, and I'm glad someone finally started calling me out on it. But it's like the part of the show that takes 15 minutes or Tyler 30 minutes. Tyler has made me mad like four times in this. I'm sorry, I'm not done with this. Tyler has made me oh, mad man. like four times in this episode. Why? Because I have such good arguments against the Dreamcast? I don't know. You started with stealing my Columbine factoid, and then it just went downhill from there. See, I, oh, I try not to discuss <laughs> like stuff from the episode. Like We're about to get into some stuff that me and Johnny may have already talked about a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I just steal your factoids. I stole something else. I stole your House of the Dead factoid. Was that the Columbine one? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Guys, (sighs) do you want to talk like sweet facts about the the Dreamcast before we go? Whew. No. (laughs) (laughs) What facts? What are you, like, what are you hiding? What are you I, hiding? No, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at a fun fact sheet. The logo for the Dreamcast console means Origin of Power, that little swirly thing. Yeah. The mm. makers of the Dreamcast were planning for 3D games to be launched on this console. Cool. Whoa, they no didn't. Way. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, but they didn't. Cool. It said that the Xbox was inspired from the Dreamcast. Not true. The Xbox was actually just happening and a Dreamcast was shutting down, so a lot of those people who made games and were already invested in like the games they were developing said, here's a new console maybe we can go to, and we don't have to talk to PlayStation or Nintendo. Aren't they both kind of Windows-based? Kind of, yeah. It's like mm, yeah. I know it uses, Dreamcast uses Windows CE, I don't know to what extent. Yeah, anyways, I found this really funny fact sheet that like tries to really hype up the Dreamcast about like how cool it was, but at the same time breath they have to say and it only lasted from you know 9999 to march 2001 oh this Sorry. is the one where the guy was like super subjective to you like fun yeah. fact people like it yeah that's that's <laughs> one of the facts people really still like this you're like uh cool thank you despite the discontinuation of the dreamcast a number of more popular games can still be played online no way! Yeah, that's a fact! You know, we got through this whole episode without mentioning Jet Grind Radio. How cool is that? Oh, Here's my fun of, fact. Kind uh, of a miss. Jet Grind Jet- Radio is called Jet Grind Radio, and it was called Jet Set Radio in Japan. Get it right, people. Sorry, guys, I need a minute. Okay. So, are we pausing, or what are we doing? I have no idea. The, the, well, it, uh, it depends on the quality of our banter in this two minutes now. Okay. So, uh, do you want to hear that the first version of this console was re- released for the price of one ninety nine? Wait, we covered that. Damn it. Good fun hey, fact. Hey, here's another fun fact. At the time of its release, it was the only game console that had a hit game on every genre. That is unequivocally not true. Every genre. Yeah. What was your favorite survival horror, horror. podcast launch game? What, was there uh, an RPG? There was no RPG at all, right? That's a well, major Shenmue genre. was a hit. That oh, was a launch game. What, they, what? Say your fun fact again. Uh, 
at the time of its release, it was the only game console that had a hit. Not its release games, like during its life cycle. Not true. Play the fucking PlayStation. PlayStation. Give it like, come on, come on, guys. This is not a fact. Shenmue, here's a good one. Shenmue and Shenmue 2 were the two most expensive games ever made for the Dreamcast. The first costing $47 million and the second cost $70 million. I guess they never heard about borrowing their assets. That is a fun fact. And also, it could be a better fun fact because I'm pretty sure those were the most expensive games ever made at the time. Yeah. Oh, and even like seventy million—that's like huge. Like, wasn't GTA Five like a hundred million? Like, that's almost GTA Five level for Shenmue Two, a game most Americans just haven't played. Yeah. Here, ooh, here's a here's one of my favorite facts. Just one year after it's released, the Dreamcast had successfully outsold Nintendo. Oh, I, I saw someone posted on Instagram. They had like a sales sheet of some kind, and they're like, "The Dreamcast outsold the N64," and it was like for march of 2000 or something it's like well yeah no shit you did it for one month good job yeah i like they don't even say what nintendo had outsold they're like yeah way more successful than the virtual boy F- you virtual boy but <laughs> which nintendo like definitely not the gba which would have been maybe like, it outsold the nes like there's sometimes we get those weird sales numbers where you'll like look at something like if we looked at a thing today you'll see like two playstation 2s sold in the united states this month and you're like what where did two playstation 2s sell did walmart have some ps2s they found yeah probably at like a military <laughs> store like on on base also like this was the one you enjoyed a lot the dreamcast was the first 128 bit console i don't bits bits yeah. It has a 32-bit CPU in it and some 128-bit bus. I think we stopped caring about bits. Well, we didn't because I think people called PS2 128-bit console as well. But then we stopped with the bit nonsense for some reason. So I, I want to say something about this author without saying who the author is because I have no reason to throw this guy who just made this little... This was like before BuzzFeed was BuzzFeed. Uh, this guy wrote this article. Oh, is this like from like 2003 or something? Or? Uh, no, this is like... Well, I guess I'm wrong because this guy is quoting something from 2015. So this guy is current. Anyways, he's a white guy with dreadlocks. Oh, uh cool. We have a list. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast. Uh, a couple other friends and I like, have a list of untrustworthy adults. And uh, <laughs> white guys with dreadlocks are like high on my list <laughs> of untrustworthy adults. Core uh, demographic for Dreamcast, though. Yeah. So. Um, I am back. Sorry about that, guys. I did no rescue pro- my wife from a proper toddler meltdown. No problem. I hope you enjoyed my untrustworthy adults one. I'll tell you my number one untrustworthy adult. Any adult who rides a bike and smokes at the same time, I do not trust you. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, if you want to play a fun game, send that around to your friends. List of untrustworthy adults and and see what they write down. It's uh, it's a fun game. I think we've wrapped up everything we want to say about the Dreamcast. Again, I think it's a good starter collector's console. I think there are some interesting games. I think you could definitely cherry pick the best of this system and be fine. But then again, every... like it's so inexpensive for like the middle, so you could also just go ham. Now let's uh, get to the second half of the show. Second half, guys, let's do it for real this time. Yay! Woo. Yay! Woo! Woo! Tyler, sing some more for us, please. No. No. <laughs> Come on! You said you know the whole song forward and backwards. 
But I, it's it's hard to start in the middle. I okay. have to start from the beginning again. Yeah, I hope when you do the intro. The yeah, I hope. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just outro. get like a karaoke. I'm sure there's a ton of karaoke versions of Will 2K out there. I, so, would, uh, I would love that so very much. Um, okay, guys, uh, let's talk about who's winning collecting and if we actually played anything this week or last couple of weeks since we did our last episode. Uh, Tyler, do you want to go before Stefan like hits yeah, us over sure, the head? Because I'm going to feel bad I, if I go after. I Stephen don't think probably. that happens anymore, though. Like it did for a while. It, it, it did didn't for a while. happen one time. Uh, it's not going to happen again. I have a feeling. I mean, I have some neat stuff, but uh, I don't All think right. I'm going to win. Well, I, I I got 20 sealed copies of Wii Sports because I'm I'm really investing in uh in one of the most important casual games ever made. No, that is. Not what I bought. I actually got cool stuff, I think. I- I'm trying to think. So I got um, Minish Cap, Complete in Box. I got uh, the second Golden Sun game and Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance, which, like, those three games alone are way too expensive you, considering how common did they you are. Just buy, you just bought every game we talked about on the quiz show? Yeah, did, like, <laughs> did my this, no, brief this was conversation totally... about GBA, like, spook you? Uh, no, I, I brought... I brought up Harmony Distance because I know I've been looking for one, and it's like, that is over $100 if you want a really nice one. And Minish Cap's a game I forgot, and it's just a game I've been looking for. And Golden Sun was just because it's one of these sellers that I know, like, packs the game super well, and then within his packing, he, like, bubble wraps each game individually and stuff. And I, I pay huge premiums for sellers that I know pack games very well. Fair. Do you remember uh, right when Pokemon came out, the Burger King toys that were those gold Pokemon cards that were plated? Yes. I got a full set of blue ones of those uh, and three extra red ones. I remember these a lot. Like uh, These are like kind of this thing that everyone had uh, at school at the time when I was in school and everyone thought they were like super valuable because they were gold, even though it was like a Burger King toy. Um, I got a full set of them. It was like nine of them for $45 shipped. Uh, which I thought was a really good deal. Okay, before uh, I say why, are you nostalgic for them? Because I am if you very have childhood nostalgia, I'll let you off the hook. Because okay. otherwise, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow up at you. Oh no, they're super <laughs> cool. I mean, I I love Pokemon cards, and I love this specific toy. So yes, okay. having a full set is really cool. Fine, you you may have them. Uh, <laughs> I got a big box Starcraft, which I didn't have for some reason. I had Brood War. Uh, I got Warcraft Orcs and Humans because I was just thinking about that. I'm like, well, I don't have Starcraft. I probably don't have Warcraft either. And uh, I got SimCity because I just went down a big box rabbit hole. I got a, a first, I think the first edition of SimCity, the 5.25 floppy with the the box that looks kind of like a radio. But I don't know enough about SimCity variants. This is Tyler with your PC Big Box clarification. That is an early version of SimCity, but actually the first releases were the Amiga and the Macintosh versions. All right. Some of that was good. There's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think you forgot to mention one thing you bought, though. Oh, oh, well, no, I I didn't get it yet. But I bought, okay, so let's go into it. You and Stefan both get to uh, own up to this bull. (laughs) Okay, here we go. So it's actually, it's an important one-year anniversary of two things, let's bring up. It's, it's yes. about the one-year anniversary of Stefan being on Collector's Quest. Everybody, Yay! Nice round first of applause five episodes. There. Yeah, first he, five uh, episodes, we wouldn't up. even acknowledge it. And uh, we've all started to like him now, even though no, none of us liked him at the beginning. Can Johnny I, didn't like I him say, at the beginning. Johnny, <laughs> I, yeah. so 
like at first that was a joke, right? That we weren't acknowledging me as a, as being on the podcast. Yeah. I did. It started getting close. I started to get legitimately bitter. Like I didn't say it, <laughs> but I just need you to know now that we're far <laughs> over that, that our friendship has healed. I was getting a little bitter that you wouldn't <laughs> let me announce that I was on the podcast. I mean, I thought it was obvious when you were there for like six times in a row. I feel I feel like this is a good one-year confession. <laughs> like in celebration of my one year, I need to tell you, you're a dick. I'm How am I, I a dick? <laughs> no, that you're was, a dick. Okay, I mean... This is a big part was, of his life now, and you, and you wouldn't just a, give it to him at the time. It right. was a fun running gag. He, you, I told him he was on the show. Tyre, t- Tyler, ble- I just call you Tyre. Tyler bleeped that sh- out of one episode oh, yeah, that was amazing <laughs> that was yeah that was a good episode that was a halloween episode actually yeah where he bleeped you or no it was yeah. the episode before we hit halloween episode i remember you said it like really fast and kind of low and i just had to bleep the whole thing out oh i remember that so this is a you know talking about it for a second this is a, a ve- this has become a very big part of my life and uh and it has helped me through some extremely hard times that i'm still going through so i am so happy to be here and i'm fortunate for you two and i'm very fortunate for this audience so oh, well thank you yay. well we love you too Steph. we are glad you're here so um now now that we've done the nice huggy stuff well, let's let's get to the part where johnny yells at you two knuckleheads <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this has Guys. never happened before. Um, oh, oh, tell them about Mega Man. Yeah, Mega Man. By the time this show is edited and put up on SoundCloud, it will be the one-year anniversary of I Am 8-Bit Mega Man 2 and Mega Man X. Um, which, which both sold out a really long time ago, right? Uh, both sold out, not sold out. They're still $100. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to have an anniversary sale. That would be very funny. Um, just to remind everybody, there are 17,000 of these two games out there, 8,500 of each, and uh, you can go to our sponsor, I Am 8-Bit, and buy them for just $100, and you might get a glow-in-the-dark variant. So that is um, some bullshit reissue stuff uh, that is the year anniversary of, but also today was the release of Metal Storm for the NES, the Collector's Edition, Speaking which of is both, reissues. both cheaper and better, more packed full of stuff than the I Am 8-Bit one, because it was made by Retrobit, the same people who gave us Holy Diver, a reasonably priced limited edition that a lot of people, I think, were very happy with. But also, yes. Holy Diver never came out in America, so I think it got more props for that. Right. I, this I is... didn't see anyone complain about Holy Diver. I've definitely seen people before Johnny complain about... What the F? Metal Why? Like, Metal Storm? Just go buy it if you want Metal Storm. Why are we reissuing games that are just... Like, there's no... You can go buy it. If, and if you just want to play it, then just get a ROM. What? What is the point of this? And why did you jackholes buy it? And tell me which one you bought. Also... Why are there four different releases? There's four? Are you counting the small box one? No. There is the limited (laughs) run metallic (laughs) silver one. And then there's the standard edition uh, limited run game. There's the Castle Mania games and independent resellers galactic blue edition. There's the retro bit Europe transparent blue edition. And then like I was saying the standard edition, which is that twilight black. Uh, what wanted, the f they wanted to draw parallels to this in the comic hobby and here you go uh, yeah this is this this is bananas. comics of the 90s 
Yeah. And you chuckleheads who both own Metal Storm <laughs> bought it. Why? Okay. It comes I mean, a little metal, not metal a, Storm figure. That's a Metal Storm box. It's not a hundred dollars. The regular one is like forty bucks. So okay. Yeah. If you really love Metal Storm. But well, if you really love Metal Storm, you gotta Storm? get all four LEs. They're not oh my god, this is like I like the holy die. It like this erodes my confidence in them, and then the fact that they like spread these additions around just makes me feel really gross. I like Castlemania games, so I think I would probably order it from there. But then there's like the limited run thing. I thought it was only a limited run release, and then I went down this hole and found out they were just spreading it around different resellers. This is crazy. It was a hundred for me because you asked why. Uh, for me, it was a hundred percent supporting Retrobet. I just like their product. I think they do good stuff, and I wanted to give them money. I buy so much aftermarket NES garbage that I, I bought those limited run Star Wars games. Like I recognize Although, that this is fully throwing money away on garbage. I just have a brain disease. This is well, just what and I it, do. Uh, no, no, the thing that that struck me odd that you bought it is because for so long you preached so hard against. Uh, reissues as being bootleg and like what are you talking about you would that is you you not you har- at all i have a youtube video where the reissue category of aftermarket games is completely separate from the bootleg category hmm. 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 there's 17 minutes staring you in the face that your statement <laughs> is incorrect I so what my my thing that I always go to is that i think buying a reissue instead of buying the real thing is very usually a very stupid thing to do because you could buy a real collectible from the 80s which has history which is a real thing um but i i i love the aftermarket nes stuff so i buy that too but i always make sure i have the original thing before i buy the new thing okay fair so how do you feel about buying a metal storm repro that's 40 dollars on ebay right now what the repros are stupid isn't this a repro yeah but this is licensed by irem I mean, ugh. that makes all the difference to me. I, I, I like collecting legal releases. I mean, you could also just go buy this game for like 120 bucks. Yeah, have that's, the original. that's what makes it stupid. If you don't like even have like a card only copy of Metal Storm, like put the it, after shipping and tax and all that. This is basically an 85 to 90 dollar yeah, product. Yeah. Buy a 80, copy of Metal bucks. Storm. Yeah. Wait till like, there's an eBay sale with like 15 percent bucks back and go buy it. Like there's a. There's a box copy for 250. Also, low key, this might be another situation like Mega Man X, where like n- not many years from now, the price is lower than the original. Um, because of what you said, it's on limited run games right now, and limited run has in kind of this weirdly phrased way that there's only three thousand. They're like limited run games has only received three thousand of these to sell. But it's an unlimited pre-order on Castlevania games. You could buy as many as you want. It doesn't seem limited at all. And then there's apparently two more variants that Johnny found that I didn't even know about. Um, yeah, so and these I'm, are I'm, out there. I'm sure just with... And also, like if, if y'all are part of the convention scene, like we are, um, that you know, long after this sells out online, you're going to be... Castlevania will absolutely have a stock of these to sell... You know, because they do they do a lot of uh, physical conventions, and so you you will absolutely be able to buy these walking up to their booth. Uh, and I I do want to confirm one thing just before we get too far away from it. Those Mega Man's are still in stock at IM8 Bit. I I did just confirm both of them. 
I confirm it every time we say it. So I actually, <laughs> I, I do joke that like it's still in stock. I check it every time because I don't want to have egg on my face. The one day it's it's gonna sell out whether they pull them and burn all the remaining copies or what. But I what I think is interesting is that the release of the Switch release of Gone Home sold out. Because I don't even think that was... I didn't know it was limited. Was that on Limited Run Games or something? No, that was on oh, AMA uh, Pit. Okay. Well, and their copy of uh, Grim Fandango sold out real quick. Did it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyways. I, yeah, both those sold out. So, um, anyways, just... No, one more thing, Johnny. Uh, the, uh, no, about Metal Storm, really? Yeah, so it isn't, it isn't sold out on Limited Run Games, and I kind of have this... You know, I get the feeling that people will buy literally anything from Limited Run Games because all their stupid anime games sell out instantly when they put them up on Fridays. And this is an NES game, which historically all their NES games have sold out in like five minutes. Uh, And Metal Storm is an excellent game, but um, people don't seem to want it. Either they're seeing through the fake limited bullshit or they just don't want it because they know it's a game that already exists, which is the right attitude to have. And I agree with Uh I don't think that's it. I think it's because it says distributed by. It's in it like there's stuff in the distributed by pile does not sell as well. If it had just been like a limited run release, oh, it would it's be not, gone. It's not like numbered. It's not the yeah. rule. Right. It's not part of the limited. They run do make set. a big deal about that. Like when something is when they're just distributing a title for a for or publishing that they they like call it out. Like just so you guys know in big bold letters, this is not part of the numbered limited run set. Or, yeah, there's going to be a limited run like, NES set. One, one day we're going to see someone with, a, they're going to be like talking about their full limited run set. Oh, yeah. just so you know, it's the Japanese version of Metal Storm. Oh. Well, Translated to English cheap. with a new cinematic introduction and higher difficulty level options. Okay. That game's I, I hard. Just, is that game not hard enough as it is? I I, it has a reputation game. of being hard. I didn't, I don't think Metal Storm's hard at all. So it has an, e- it has a, the first run, it has like a first run and then a second run where it gets harder. I think the second run's hard, but the first run is... I think you have infinite lives even, so... Yeah. It's just an NES game. Yeah, I, I will say I was more upset when I thought that this was just a limited run game you guys had bought. Now that I see it's... Like, for some reason, the fact that it's being distributed by multiple platforms makes me feel a little better. <laughs> and I think that's just because I don't like limited run to get money. Like, and I... I told you guys I bought like Psychonauts from them. I will buy stuff from them when it's really cool. Like the Star Wars stuff should have sold me. I should have been like, I just didn't think that was cool what they how they released that. I thought that was kind of garbage. Psychonauts is worse than any Star Wars or this Metal Storm release. I it's, see. It's a modern port of the PS2 version of the game. It is so dumb. But see, like at least that's on a different system. These are just like. We made a, a repro of a Game Boy game that you already own. Like, that you have to go and play back on the Game Boy. put it in a 70 or $80 box, whatever those things cost. I, but, if you, yeah. but if you had told me I could play that on the Switch, I would have bought them. That's the difference. I, no, so. one, no one wants to play the Game Boy Star Wars games, I'm sure. And no one is going to as a result of this release. So it works yeah. out. So, anyways, uh, that's that's what Tyler bought, and that's part of what Stefan bought. Stefan, you were going to add some more to that? Uh, yeah, I I think just going back to why I don't like stuff like this generally from Limited Run is that you, yeah, I feel like they've, as a company, have just stray, strayed really far from their original mission, which was to preserve digital-only games. And now anytime that they... Um, 
re-release something that is already either not digital only or or so well preserved and in this case both right because obviously um you know metal metal storm is not difficult to find digitally uh it's 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 incredibly well preserved and and um and i just i just it makes it it just doesn't feel good to me it just feels icky when they push these games that are already very well preserved and not digital only like eh. Bleh. I, I, like I think it. there's i think there's multiple levels to limited run so they do have some of that preservation stuff like right now they have duck game up which i don't think has a physical release anywhere otherwise and then they have kind of they're just like cheap indie bullshit that they can get and then they have their uh, stupid collectibles like metal storm that are just meant to be put on a shelf for no reason and kind of like if you don't like one of those categories you don't have to buy games from one of those categories you can buy games from another thing but the the funny thing I think about limited run games is that they are pushing hard into this, like, everything is super limited, you gotta buy it now. And part of the reason that I think so many of their releases are garbage is the same reason I don't like modern games in general. It's like, oh my god, there's three editions of this game and it's coming out on both Switch and PS4. Like, everything's just the same at this point. None of these are special. I don't want any of them. And that's how I feel about so many limited run games now. Yeah, I agree with that feeling entirely. Um, all right, guys, let's uh, let's get to Stefan. Let's wrap this up a little bit. We're getting over two hours now. Woo, going long. Ooh. Well, I People mean, are gonna a... see, they're going to be like, oh, the Dreamcast episode is two hours. Yes. I mean, and it's yeah. just us complaining about limited run games. No, it was a, it was a lot of, yeah, it was it a was, lot of uh, good info. I mean, again, you know, I, so you collect episodes do tend to run long. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, they run long, so I, I don't want to... I don't want to hurt that part of the episode and rush through that, but that means I don't want to go like too long on these. But we had some things to celebrate and some things to chastise you for, which is kind of fun. But I think we've said all we can about the Metal Storm stuff. And talk about untrustworthy adults. Yes. <laughs> some fun stuff. Um, sure, I'll go. Um, so I bought some some cool stuff that is sort of in my normal like stuff you don't see everyday wheelhouse uh, a, a bunch of clothes i bought a, a t-shirt that was uh, it, it, all this is internal nintendo stuff so this t-shirt was distributed among employees uh, for the t- celebrating the 200th issue of nintendo power and it's got a um a sketch by miyamoto of mario getting tr- you know reading nintendo power being chased by a koopa troopa um so that was cool um i also got a sweater or a sweatshirt rather uh from the 1996 uh internal nintendo christmas party and it's got the sort of the the n64 this is tyler this is up on my my um instagram too but uh, it's got the like n64 model uh high-res model of mario giving a peace sign and it says peace on earth 1996 which i really liked Oh, and then I got a hat. This I haven't posted yet, but I will. Uh, it's a hat of Mario in a Mariners outfit, and uh, and that was given away to Nintendo employees when Nintendo bought the Mariners, uh, the baseball team, and then they went to go see. They took them all to go see a Mariners game, and they gave them all these hats. So, uh, so those were those were the clothes that I bought. But guys, over any of this the most exciting thing that i got i got fabio to sign my copy of iron sword 
Wait, didn't right, you say the first thing you had got a you had a Miyamoto sketch? Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's just it's like a transfer or whatever. Like it's not you know it's not an original Miyamoto oh, sketch. Oh, okay. But he hasn't got the original sketch yet. He's still working with somebody <laughs> to get the original. I, I uh, actually the sketch that now you mentioned it, that particular sketch is sitting in the like museum that they have in um, New York at the Nintendo store. Um, okay. That that sketch is in there, but yeah, I mean, who isn't excited for Fabio signing my copy of Iron Sword? Me. Oh, I think no. it's neat. I, I, like, how many copies of Iron Sword could Fabio have signed? Right. Yeah. Right. What uh, do right. people Look, get Fabio to sign? Romance novels? It's such. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's fun. I I, I try to be blasé about it, but I actually think it's fun that you did that. Yeah, and I try to do like I do like some of the more um, out there like random ones like like that like this like Fabio signing. Yeah, we know that's definitely going in your top shelf cabinet next to your stupid burned Castlevania Four. No, although I am still really trying. I mentioned this episodes and episodes ago where I've been trying to get Shelley Duvall to sign my copy of It's a Bird's Life. Uh, so I'm when, very you know, it should be a collector's quest goal to just have all three of us in a picture with Shelley Duvall. I have gotten Kirk Cameron to say that he would sign my copy of The Horde for 3DO because he was he starred in that before he he got all religious ality. Uh, for a, but, what, uh, what was that series? Uh, last or so that what was the bible series he became deeply involved in oh i don't know he then this was before his like banana argument i don't if anyone haven't seen the banana argument it's uh it's um it's a great Special. youtube video yeah it's <laughs> kirk cameron's reasoning for why uh, evolution it doesn't work fun fact kirk cameron used to live in simi valley did he yep he lived in the knolls he lived down the street and i actually met him as a kid and he was nice to me. So that is a fun I, fact. I, he he has become a like he's become a little uh, religious extreme for me now. Uh, but back then he was like nice. So <laughs> you know whatever. I I mean I'm, he's probably still a nice person. But we uh, we don't share views to the same extremities. So it's always hard to deal with people on the extremes. And I think he's moved in that realm. Anyways, uh, yeah, that's our Kirk Cameron talk for for today. <laughs> Yep, but uh, I think that I'm looking around, but I think that's uh, everything that I bought. Nothing oh, zero crazy. games. That's it. Zero yeah. games. Yeah, zero no games. No games. Stefan loses. Yep. No games. I did not buy much in the way of games. I bought um, Roland's Curse Two for the Game Boy and Roland's Curse One. What? So those, that's awesome. What are you talking about? That oh, probably single-handedly beats my GBA games. I, I'm very excited about that. Like I found the box. And the manual for both of them, and then picked up the carts independently. So I had to like kind of hack to hack them together, but I hacked them together for a really good price. So you know, like Roland, the first Roland's Curse I put together for under a hundred dollars, and Roland's Curse Two I put together for under one thirty. So I feel good about that. Oh, well, really? I thought Roland's Curse Two was much more expensive. It well, it is. That's what I'm saying. I got the okay. box. <laughs> like a, I feel like I got. I made a good deal by. Piecing it together, though I, I I don't have like all the pieces. Like I don't have some of the like uh, the promotional like stuff that goes in there to that paraphernalia. So I got to work and see if that's like unique or just generic stuff. That oh, went in time there. to buy a hundred percent complete one and now sell your piece together one. Yep, I, it is a thing I've done before. Like just when get, I get a really good price, 
just get water to grade whatever you have and call it a day. Oh my god! Oh. Why don't you? <laughs> oh, so mean. Why? <laughs> but not wrong. Not wrong. Um, okay. Yeah, that's that's like really the only two gaming things I I put purchase at. Even though it's been a little while, uh, ramping up, getting ready for the holidays. You know, I like saving my money a little bit to start throwing it at Halloween games. Oh, guys, I'm so excited. How so have you not run out of, I don't understand how you've not run out of Halloween games. What do you mean? I have, like, I could do episodes and pictures for a long time still, but I like to buy new ones all all through the season. Yeah, but I feel like, I feel like your, your, your cadence versus how many there are has to, like, you have to be buying at a faster rate than they're pumping them out. Oh, Stefan. <laughs> so many things can be loosely connected to Halloween. Right? Uh, yeah. Every like, game with a skull in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Here's a game where you die. Dead people yeah. are about Halloween. <laughs> no, like, I'm actually very selective about what covers and stuff quantify in that realm. I've made a couple iffy choices, and I did not love them. Um, so, yeah. I, I And we're going to start the Halloween gaming 2019 hashtag. Ooh, we're going to get to post. It's going to be October. I'm going to have to take all those pictures in advance because it's been really hard for me to like post on Instagram lately. Just watching watching my son and being tired and passing out at random times. I'm like, well, I'm not going to post a picture at 2 a.m., so I guess I'm just going to bed. <laughs> so, I feel like all throughout the year, Johnny repeatedly rolls his eyes at Tyler and I as we collect. This is October is definitely our time where we just get in all our eye rolls <laughs> at Johnny. <laughs> I buy some quality stuff. Like <laughs> I bought, I bought that Scooby Doo game in preparation for this. Whew! Cannot wait to finally take a picture of it. Oh, on Intellivision. You know what I yeah. did? Yeah, I joined the uh, the Intellivision Facebook group recently. Oh. And uh, if you want to see a you want to see a group of like two dozen weird people who are really big fans of the Intellivision Amico and will defend it against. All negative YouTube videos, no matter how valid their points are, uh, go ahead and join the Intellivision Army, or whatever the name of the only Intellivision group is. Tommy Tellerico posts there yeah. sometimes. Or Tommy Tellerico. <laughs> so once I, I thought I was in the Nintendo Age group because I wasn't paying attention, and I posted like some real talk about, well... Someone was talking about like how uh, how much better the Intellivision Amico is, because you wouldn't want to give your kids a phone. They might break it, basically. And I'm like, well... The fucking Amico controllers are just a phone, so this guy's arguments is total shit. And I totally thought I was on, like, Nintendo Age, but I was on the Intellivision thing. And then uh, I did not get a lot of support for my correct opinion. Oh, man. <laughs> you you uh, disenfranchised yourself from a whole group. <laughs> Dude, a, whole, of them. a whole bunch of old men stopped yelling at clouds and started yelling at you. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing they can only post on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so, I don't remember how we got into that because you were talking about Halloween games. Well, let's end the show. It's been going on, right? That Scooby Doo game was an Intellivision game, which is weird for me to buy. Goodbye, though. Yeah, it was a good bye. I'm happy with it. All right, let's do it. This is the end of the show, guys. Where can they find you? Uh, Archon nineteen eighty one, just about everywhere. Uh, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Nintendo Age. Also, wanted to take the time as I've been sort of updating you guys week to week as to my attendance of portland as of right now i am totally going totally driving up with the, my museum pieces totally doing the 
totally doing my my panel for gameplay counselors. So as of right this second, which could change next week, so I'll keep updating you. Uh, I am attending Portland, so that's that's okay. my good news. All right, Tyler, I'm default Gen, default G E N at all the same places. Stefan said he says them first, so I don't get to say them again now. Yeah, but right. Instagram, YouTube, Nintendo Age, uh, SoundCloud. I'm the Collector's Quest podcast there. Yeah. All right. Shout out to Retro Gem Miner over on YouTube. Let's not forget him, our, our favorite YouTuber. I and, uh, I 100% want him on the show. Yeah, he's got to come on I the can't, show. So. I can't do the character for that. I have to, like, script it. Oh, my God. I'm not an improvisational kind of guy. Work on it. We'll script something for you. All right. You've got a writing team behind you now. Or Don't just worry script, about it. Script, it'll just be like a, a one-off where it's just you interviewing him, and it's just, and then you can script God, the whole thing. It's like a one-man show. Oh Love it. God. Love it. What is that? That would just take that effort and make a new retro gem miner video. You could do both. Do it. Do it. Someone, right. uh, I got another review copy of a homebrew game. I got Roly, the game I actually shouted out on Kickstarter. Did you? A, a review copy of that. You like, made I, it. This is my second homebrew review copy. Starting to feel like I made it, guys. Top of the mountain. Yep. And, and what, like, I was like, oh, I, I thought it was pretty good and fun. And they're like, oh, don't, don't send one to that guy to maybe play. Tyler was pretty medium on it, though, so let's send him a copy. Yeah, so both of my pitches for uh, the review copies were, I don't have any subscribers, don't send me a copy, and then they sent me a copy. So, worked out. Let me know how you feel about the latest copy in a YouTube video so you can do those guys some work. About the latest copy? Let let you know how I feel about Roly and perhaps around, you know, a a 7 to 12 minute video? Yeah. All right, I'll let you know. Okay, cool. Um... Well, remember you, your opinion last time was well, it was incomplete, and I wasn't. I didn't know if that was all the framework of the I, game. So, so also, um, I played like literally the first level of Roly, and then I walked away because I felt like I didn't want to feel like I was bothering the guy hogging his station. I wanted to let more people play the game. And then, as we were talking about the review copy, I went through his Twitter. And he was talking about how he was at a convention, and he's like, I really appreciate all the people who stayed at the station and got as far as they could in the game. And I'm like, oh, God, that was so not me. So Boo! Boo, Tyler! I no suck. more review copies for you, guy. Don't yeah. send me review copies. What are you doing? I'm, I already backed him on Kickstarter, so like, I'm going to have two copies of this game now. Nice. Because I'm not going to remove my Kickstarter pledge because he's sending me a copy of the game. That seems like a real dick move. Yeah, but Tyler, that, the review copy is going to be the first print. That is true. I hope he puts them in a special clear case. Maybe a I, European clear blue. Okay. <laughs> Tyler, too much. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Johnny underscore Iucci. That's G-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. You can find me on Instagram. That's And you can find me on this podcast. That's where. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Wasn't my best sign-off. All right, bye! I'm going to hijack the end of this episode to say that that Rolly video review is out now. It's actually pronounced Raleigh, but there are only six days left on the Kickstarter right now, so it would not make sense to wait until next week to say that. So if you're interested in new NES games, maybe check it out.